Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Slow Your Roll, the recap of the super wildcard weekend in the NFL. We got to go over all the playoff games. We got some news. It's scapegoat week in the NFL, too. We got some firings, a couple like uh, right after some of the playoff games, a firing that hasn't happened yet, even though it should, but it's not gonna, I don't think. So, yeah, we got Brian Salem back in studio today. What's up, boys? We're gonna hey mix there. We're gonna mix in a little hockey talk as well, but it's gonna be mostly football this round and looking forward to the next round. I'm Dominic Lorenzano with the Yaki Way Report writer Jesse Caulfield, as always. And uh yeah. With that, Jesse. Yeah. I'm going to let you take it away on this fo- heavy-packed football show. Hell yeah. You're going to get us started with some hockey. Yeah. My new hat. Mm. It's actually not that new. All right. So, I mean, before I want to I start with a question for you guys, mm-hmm. before I actually get into what I'm going to talk about here. To you, what defines a great player? Like top of the league, doesn't matter the sport. What defines a top of the league player for you? Consistency and the ability to make uh, the guys around him better. Mm, I like that answer. That's really going to help me with my argument here. Dom, any? I would say consistency and uh, an ability to change the game on your own and to make opponents have to game plan around you. Okay. Oh, oh, and also uh, clutch factor. Sure, sure. Now, I mean, yesterday... It was a celebration at the Garden. David played. David Krejci played his 1,000th NHL game. So I'm going to keep that. We're going to keep with that. So I think this is going to be controversial, but I think Brian and uh, Dom's uh, little talk there helped me out because I think at one point in his prime, David Krejci, when he wanted to be, was the best forward in the NHL, which is a bold statement, I know, because he's played his entire career with Sidney Crosby. Is it really that bold, though? I mean, a lot of people forget in 2011 when you oh. won the cup. That was your first line. That was your man right there. We're going to get to that. Don't worry. We're going to get to that. So just quickly, what his stats are right now? Obviously, 1,000 career games played. He's got 764 points. That's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good for 1,000 games. 226 goals, 538 assists. Uh, but it's not really about regular season crazy. Regular season crazy is good. I mean, 700 points uh, in 1,000 games. That's that's really good. Um so he kind of falls behind. Like, we forget about him a lot because of Patrice Bergeron, and I get it. One of the best off, uh, excuse me, defensive forwards in the game, and uh, he plays with the sexy players. He plays with Pasternak usually. He plays with uh, Brad Marchand. Any great player, first line, Bergeron. So Krejci, a lot of times, just gets pushed to the side. We forget about him, and uh, a lot of times I think Krejci feels that way himself. And actually, no one cared less about his 1,000th game than him. But what I really want to talk about is, so you talk about like raising your game, clutch performance and stuff like that. I, I agree with that. I think one of the things that define a truly great player in any sport is the ability to raise their game when the game is intense, when it's a big game, the better teams. You look at someone like Peyton Manning, all these accolades, what, five MVPs? Mm-hmm. Uh, record-setting guy until Brady was like, I'm going to play till I'm 50. Um, but here's the thing: a lot of those records would still be Peyton Manning's if Tom Brady wasn't uh, inhuman monster. Um, but we all talk about playoff time. I know he's got two rings. One of them he just happened to be on the team for. 
So he, he was not a clutch performer in the playoffs. And now back to David Krejci. So you talk about 2011. He led the league in points in that playoff. So he had, I wrote 124 points. That's not true. He had, uh, you're going to make me do math. I hate myself. I read a typo. Hashtag slow your roll mathematics. All right, so we got all right, 23 points, uh, 12 goals, 11 assists in 25 games. But then the other cup run, I'm not even going to talk about the 2019 cup run. He's too old at that point. Still 13. did good. 2013. Did it again. He was better in 2013. 22 games, 9 goals, so less goals, but 17 assists for 26 points. Now, you know, regular season Krejci, he's, he's kind of had his ups and downs. Maybe not the most consistent player. But you talk about raising the game of people around you. He's played with Milan Lucic. I like him. One point of 30 goal scorer with David Krejci. Pretty no-name guy since he left Boston. Had a decent first season with uh, the Kings, but was awful for Edmonton. Is okay for Calgary. They more understand how to use him, but he's still, like, he's not a point getter. Uh, he, got, he played with an old Jerome McGinley, who suddenly was great again, put up 30 goals. You know, Nathan Horton was a very inconsistent player, but he made Nathan Horton better. And then the playoffs especially. So, yeah, to that 2013. Uh, well, actually, back to the 2011. So, in that playoffs, David Krejci led goals, 12 goals. He had points, obviously. Tied for first for even strength goals with Brad Marshall on that year. Uh, he had the most goals created in that playoffs with 9.5. Uh, so, what that means is basically... So there's scoring chances in hockey. If you have a good chance to score, even though if you don't get the goal, it counts as a scoring chance. What that means is goals created for so nine and a half times David Krejci created a scoring chance basically on his own. That's what that means. Okay. So it doesn't mean he necessarily scored the goal, but he was the factor that caused the goal, basically. Usually that means think of the that goal with Nathan Horton Tip, in game, game seven. seven. OT. All David Krejci. Nathan Horton gets all the credit. He got the goal. All he did was put his stick down. David Krejci hit him tape to tape. It was all David. Uh, what else did he do? He had the most game-winning goals with four that playoffs and was only one of two players to have a hat trick in that playoffs. But who else played in that playoffs, you might ask? A lot of people. And I know, like, as time goes on, people get eliminated. They can't really get those points per game and stuff like that. But he played with Sedin Twins, Ryan Kessler, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Joe Thornton, Anze Kopitar, Pavel Datsu, Kendrick Zetterberg, Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlaff, Alex Ovechkin, Nick Backstrom, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Martin St. Louis, and Steven Samkos, who scored 60 goals the next season, was better than all of those players. Every single one of them. In 2013, he led the playoffs in assists, second in goals uh, by... Tied for second in goals. He was one behind the leader. Uh, he had the most points. Most goals created with 9.4. Uh, one of five players to actually have a hat trick in that playoffs. Uh, had a 1.18 goals per game, which is the best in the league. Or, excuse me, points per game. And had, had the most goals per game created. Mm. So, who did he play with in that playoffs? Well, Patrick Kane again, Jonathan Tays. Patrick Kane was the Conn Smythe winner. Only had 19 points. David Krejci had seven more points than that best player in the playoffs. There has been times where actually players have been given the Conn Smythe best player in the playoffs despite losing. Could have been a case there. Uh, who else did he play with that? Patrick Sharp led the leading goals. Corey Perry, Ryan Getzlaff, Sadine Twins again. TJ Yoshi, Vladimir Tarasenko, Kopitar, Datsu, Kessel, Rick Nash, Ovechkin, Backstrom, Pacioretty, Kyle Turris, Chris Neal, uh, John Tavares, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Jerome McGinley. 
Many of those people, especially in that second one, despite the fact more points, had to play through more of those tough uh, people to face. So, I kind of feel when the game is at its most important, playoffs, David Krejci consistently was the best player on the ice. And, you know, I know he didn't win in 2013, but in 2011 it got pushed aside because, well, Tim Thomas just had an historic playoff. If Tim Thomas didn't have that playoff... I think David Krejci is your Conn Smythe winner at almost a point per game. And then in 2013, if they win, probably would have been the Conn Smythe winner. Despite Tuukka great performance, I think David Krejci was the best player on the ice throughout. I, it's hard to compare him to defense and goalies and stuff like that. That's why I'm saying forward. But I think David Krejci makes a case for that. And certainly in his prime, when he wanted to be, when he seemed to raise that game to another level, there seemed to be no one better than David Krejci. So... Okay. That's just. Uh-huh. But you said, wait, 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 wait. So, but, Brian, you can go in here because you'll have more to say. And then it's like, the only thing I'm going to say is this. But what are the, where are the regular season accolades? See, to me, you, you sound like you're explaining to me Kurt Schilling. Hmm. Sure. That's a good comparison, actually, I feel. But that doesn't make him the best pitcher of all time. No. Now, I argue Schilling needs to be in the Hall of Fame because he's maybe the best playoff performer of all time, or at least one of them. But to me, it sounds like you're explaining Kurt Schilling. A in little hockey form. You know, I think that is a good comparison. Okay. I do think, like I said, David Krejci falls behind because Patrice Bergeron is just such a sexy player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's never he's never been the goal scoring guy either. Uh, only 226 goals of his 764 points. He loves to his own detriment a lot of the times. I'm screaming at my TV, David, stop passing the puck, just shoot the damn thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he loves to do that. But man, can he dish that thing out? He has some of the best sauce I've ever seen. So I understand what you're saying. Mm-hmm. It's it's just the, the regular season thing. He he kind of, I don't know, maybe it's just all the games all that time, but he, he falls behind the sexy play, and he plays second-line minutes. That doesn't help either. Mm. You know, Bergeron's always going to get that first-line time because, oh, he's the best face-off taker in the league. He does get more points generally than Krejci, but, I mean, how many years did we scream at the Bruins, get a winger for David Krejci? We yelled at them again and again and again. Then they got Taylor Hall, and he's like, I'm going to the Czech Republic. And he was fantastic with Taylor Hall. He was having a bad season. I think that was, that was, no, that was 2020. Yep. I believe. And he, it was an okay season for him. You know, him and Jake DeBrusque never gelled. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he brought in Taylor Hall, it was vintage crazy. Okay. So, you know, that's the thing about hockey. You said, like, he makes the players better around you. That's a sign of a great player. However, and the thing about hockey is you do need line mates you need a good partner look at uh chris kunitz star considered one of the best players in the league for the penguins you took Sidney crosby away from chris kunitz useless player absolutely worthless david krejci you know struggled with debrusque and stuff like that but that's i think debrusque um like their games just don't gel mm-hmm. debrusque's a dirty play dirty dirty meaning he's in the dirty areas he's yeah. in front of the goal getting tips getting rebounds david Krejci. that's not david krejci david krejci's making uh, cross seam passes to the other side of the rink there. He's making long passes, great dishes. You're not going to do that to the man standing in front of the net. I got you. That's just, right. So that's Ryan. just how it rolls. That was the most perfect diatribe on David Krejci I think I've ever heard in my life. But, well, do you you. Think, but do you think he's he the deserves best, credit. But you think he's the best forward of all time? No, 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 no. We never said best forward of all time. In his prime, when he wanted to be, David was the best forward on the ice. Okay. In the league. In the now, league. The, listen, Wayne Gretzky 
will always be the greatest hockey player okay, of all time. Okay, so even if you didn't want to call him the best, okay, let's say most he was of, the best in his let's, time. Let's say most effective. Even if you weren't okay. going to call him the best. Okay, sure. I yes. I well, here's the thing. We can't. I can't even necessarily say that because like, oh, Sidney Crosby has just happened. All those accolades, MVP awards, so many points. Hasn't so like, Sidney only made Sidney better though, for the most part. Oh, he made Chris Kunitz better because okay. Chris Kunitz is worthless without him. Okay. And like you know, actually, Sidney Crosby is kind of similar to David Krejci too. Like David uh, Crosby's got a much more of a goal scoring touch, but he makes all of his money mm-hmm. making everyone else money. If you know okay. what I mean. Like he he really can dish out with the best of them. Okay. Um, but he yeah you know, he does have I guess a more goal scoring touch, and I understand like Sidney Crosby is the best. You know, great face off taker, great in the def- all three zones, all stuff like that. But it seems when David Krejci would raise his game to a level. Uh, in the, it seems always comes in the playoff time. He would be the best player on the ice. Mm. He would outdo uh, Sidney Crosby. I mean, look at the 2013. Sidney Crosby had zero points. Him and Malkin goose eggs. Well, I mean, Latang had zero points. Again, had zero points. And we give a lot of credit to the defense and to Carrasco for that, and well deserved. But David Krejci went off in that series. Went off in that series. Um, that that might have been his best series of the playoff. That at least that playoff. Um, and Lucic. Uh, Krejci and Horton were your only three good players throughout the Leafs series um, until the bitter end. So, I mean, I just, I when David Krejci raises his game, he can be the best forward on the ice. Okay. About five to ten years ago. Okay. Cool. Sounds good. All right. With that, I think we're going to move on real quick to rapid fire news. I'm not going to go over the scores. Come on. You all watch the games. <laughs> we'll get the playoffs. Um, but let's go over scapegoat week. Scapegoat week in the NFL. It started last week, and then it happens after the first round, too. So uh, Byron Lefwich is expected to be let go as the offensive coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That news uh, breaking today. I didn't see that one. That was surprising. That would be nice if the Pats would give him a call. Yeah. I think he's going to get a head coaching job. Come on. I don't know. After this year, I don't know. That offense was pretty bad. Um, and Joe Lombardi uh, for the Chargers, their OC, is getting fired as well. So it kind of seems like Staley's going to survive. That I did see. Yeah. Um, also, Carlos Correa. The uh, the saga is over. He got about a billion dollars worth of contract money uh, this offseason with three different teams. But finally, six years, $200 million to stay with the Minnesota Twins. Mm. After all that, I, I wonder we're right back where we started. Why did he now pass the physical? I think they just didn't care. And That's that not is how that works. And, it's, and it is less money than the other two teams. So that extra, like, $100,000, like... Now his knee is a problem. When it's that expensive, then his knee's a problem. I, I, the Minnesota doctors weren't as thorough. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, Minnesota. Uh, Jim Harbaugh has announced that he will return to Michigan next year. That doesn't shock me at all. We talked about how these jobs this year are not that great. For all the hype Sean Payton is getting, I would not be shocked just saying if Sean Payton ends up not taking a job and just giving it one more year. I wouldn't um, be shocked at that either. I kind of no. hope he does. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. We talked about maybe he, there was some speculation the Pats could look to hire him. Nope. Uh, but he has bought a one-way ticket to Thailand, ignoring phone calls, and has said that he will not take a job living his this season. Life. So, good for Cliff. I want to know what I kind think, of stuff he's into. Oh, he's with his girlfriend. Smoke, too. Oh, my gosh. Absolute smoke. Listen, I'm a traveler, too. I hate when people just assume that you go to Thailand just for that. <laughs> I didn't specify. <laughs> I know what you're implying. I didn't oh, like specify the sex, anything. All the, the sex trade they got going on yeah. there? All the sex first trafficking? Off, first off, that's mostly Bangkok. The it's in Thailand. 
Every Where else do you go there? Kopipile, all the islands and stuff. That's not a real place. Yes, it is. Go look it up. I'm not looking that up. I'll wind up on a porn site. <laughs> Probably because you'll spell it wrong. Uh, Nolan Arenado declined his opt-out and will stay with the Cardinals. You know, I find this fascinating because we talk about, you know, like the Red Sox. People don't want to pay take pay cuts anymore. The Cardinals can't pay everyone the most amount of money, and yet people do take pay cuts to stay there. Arenado probably lost himself a decent amount of money by opting into the contract and staying with what he had, but people want to take pay cuts to play with the Cardinals and be in that organization. I know you hate them. You find them boring. I don't hate them. But as an but organ- yeah, they're boring. But as a player in an organization, I bet you it's a great place to play. Oh, no, I'm sure. They have a rich history. They've had success for, I mean, as long as I feel like I've been alive. Mm-hmm. So many great players have come through there. And just, there's a reason I, I understand why people want to wear that uniform. Yeah. But yes, I feel like the play then translates to boring baseball because it's so simple. No, I get you. Um, Saints reportedly will ask for a first-round pick for any team who wants to trade for Sean Payton. And also, Sean Payton completed an interview with the Houston Texans. Interesting. Terrible, terrible job, you would think. Though I will say, Houston is so dysfunctional that Payton could probably come in with so much power and probably appoint his own handmade GM. Now, I still don't think that'll be enough for Payton to take the job, but it is one of the reasons why that could be more attractive than people realize for Sean. Well, isn't he going to interview with basically every team that has a head coach base? I don't heard... think I don't think he's interviewing with the Colts. I, that's one I have not heard. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so, with that though, we will move on to the Patriots. There has been a massive mm-hmm. shift in the coaching for the Pats. Uh, you know, is it as, massive? You I mean, it's a lot move, of people. You just kind of move some pieces For around. Bill, it is. It's a lot of people. So, Ger- uh, so Gerard Mayo, it's reported, is going to be the assistant head coach. Matt Patricia goes upstairs, senior football advisor. Um, it said he could still help with the O-line. Joe Judge moves back to the special teams. Thank God. I like um, that one. Yeah. Uh, Cam Orchard, a special uh, assistant special teams coach. Wasn't he the special teams coach this year? Yes. And they were just awful. Um, and Nick Cayley is likely leaving. Uh, he was the tight ends coach. Uh, he is interviewing for the OC job in the Jets. And I want to start there with you guys. That's the one that stuck out to me as odd. Why is Nick Cayley likely to get an OC job and yet was never considered here? That is actually, that's a really good question. Yeah, the very odd, right? Uh, is, I mean, that a, is that a Bill thing or the Jets are stupid thing? I don't know. Maybe, you know, as much as I don't want to trash him, maybe Kaylee doesn't want to work with Mac. Maybe. Especially after the year they just, like, how, if Mac Jones didn't voice all that, where would Matt Patricia but and Joe also, Judge But be? I'm also talking about last year, too. So in one year. Oh, like, why even, did, why, so why at no saying, point did they consider yeah, this? Yeah, so, like, why in one year, in a year that the offense didn't even perform well, by the way, Nick Kaylee is going to go get an OC job somewhere else, though? We don't know he's going to get it. It's likely he's going to get it. Um, likely enough that they already looking to replace him. Maybe he doesn't want to be in New England anymore. I don't know. It could, they could have asked him, and he's just no. Yeah, I got. I just. It seems odd to me that he went with Matt Patricia, who's never been an offensive coordinator. When it looks like at least around the league, you had an option in the building. Yeah. Now is Jets the only one he's interviewing with that we know of? Um, at least for now. No, I think that's the most interested though. Okay. And the one that he's interested in. Like, I, I'm not necessarily surprised it didn't happen before. Because, you know, you feel like, all right, maybe he feels like he's ready now. Teams feel like he's ready now. That's why they're calling now. Mm. But sure, like, why Why is Bill not calling yeah. now? I, I just thought it was funny. Um, 
But yeah, Brian, do you have any thoughts on that? I had one until a second ago. I just I was curious to see if he assumed that position, say, like a year or two ago. Actually, that's that's a good thing to look up. And Bill was just like, meh. I you know I haven't seen enough out of you. But it says here from fifteen to sixteen, he was an offensive assistant. From seventeen to nineteen, he was the tight ends coach. Mm-hmm. Twenty, the twenty twenty one season, he was the tight ends and fullbacks coach. Mm-hmm. And then this year, he was went back to just tight ends. Mm-hmm. Mm. So that's interesting. So he's been bumping around the staff, and, and yeah. you know, when you now I'm starting to wonder position if it's c- not a Jets are stupid thing. I mean, because it, it was sort of speculated, right? Maybe if they were going to well, hire someone like it, in-house after McDaniels left, a lot of people were like, oh, Chad O'Shea. Yeah, that was one that was that was. And they about. let him walk. I know. And, you know, moving around position coaches on a staff doesn't, it kind of can actually be a positive thing. It does mean that they think highly of you because what they're saying is, for whatever reason, we need, we need to make sure that this position is set for this year, whether it means you spent a ton of money in that position in the offseason or it was a position that was lacking for you the year before. That's a lot of times these guys move around on the same staff to position areas. So clearly they they trusted Kaylee to have him coach whatever they needed to at the time, whatever they thought was a pressing need. I just find it odd that he was just never... Do we like what he did, though? John U and Hunter Henry? I thought... And, and let's not forget about the failed... Uh, Devin Asiasi and Dalton Keene experiments. Wasn't there another one in there too? Probably. I mean, Hunter Henry had a good first year. He did. And there was even times this year I was like, Kay- all right. Kaylee didn't develop him though. Are you sure? Or did Matt Patricia just run a terrible offense? Because I thought Hunter Henry had a pretty good first year with us, I thought. Yeah, Josh. No, he did. No, yeah. he did. It's just this year everything went to shit. Yeah. And actually with like the Giants and Lions' success, that kind of re- makes me feel even more that, like, wow, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia have no clue what offenses do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I said this to you yesterday. I really don't know what Matt Patricia's good at, like, football-wise. I really have no idea. There was a time where I respected his defensive coaching. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then Super ben, Bowl but 50- don't break, come on. And then the Super Bowl 53 happened. No, he was... Ben Don't Break was before Matt Patricia. Now, 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 all our, all our opinions of Peterson, I'm sure, have ratcheted up a bit, though. Come on. Which one's Peterson? Doug. Doug. Oh, Doug Peterson. Yeah. Who eviscerated him in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, come on, dude. He's done a great job in Jacksonville. Was that him or was that Frank Reich, though? A combination of both, but clearly Peterson does something and, and, because and, he's and, turned Jacksonville and around. And I did, I did... And I like Frank Reich, but I did a couple of months ago give Doug Peterson his. No, I know you did. I know you credit did. where credit was due. Yeah, which well, by I, the way, I would love for them to call Frank Reich, the Patriots. Yes, sure, sure. We got apparently we got him fired last year. Let's call him up. Yeah. Well, here's why I don't give Doug Peterson that much credit for that that Super Bowl. I don't know if you saw like, I can't remember what it's called. But, like, you know, the, the players are mic'd up, and they have, like, that show each week where, like, all right, here's clips from this game where the players are mic'd up, making plays and stuff like that. Nick Foles was mic'd up for that Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles called the Philly special. Yes. Like, Nick Foles was doing a lot of that, too, actually. Mm-hmm. So, like, Doug Peterson was just like, yeah, all right, I'm going to let you guys do your thing. Hey, Which is something to be said for that. Peter still but, Peterson still practiced it all week and made sure it was at least a possible part of the game plan, though. He seems shocked that it was called. I don't know. 
he's like, what about the Philly special? And he's like, I guess we could do that. Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe. I wasn't even thinking about it. I guess. Um, anyway, uh, the other stuff. Uh, there's a lot of talk now that Gerard Mayo is possibly the next guy. Oh, I want getting, that so bad. Getting groomed to replace Bill. What are your thoughts on that? I want that so bad. You do? Yep. I, I'm i a little surprised it's not his son. You know, <laughs> you, you feel like that'd be obvious. But maybe maybe Bill realized the nepotism arguments are really piling up. Yeah, I would so He's ne- like, Gerard's my son. Even if Steve was good enough... Which I don't know if he is. I'm not saying he's not. I would never want to like step in the shoes of my dad, who won six Super Bowls. I don't want on my, the same organization. Like that's that's yeah, right. that's too much. I don't want my coach having a bad mullet and making Steve Belichick faces. <laughs> <laughs> that that that's fair too. Um, but yeah, I assume this means Steve's going to get the defense now. Defense is his. I would agree. Um, I'm sure. Bill will probably have a large hand in the defense now. And, and Oh, I assume he always does, but like he'll be And this is one of the reasons why maybe Kaylee wasn't considered. Now again, I don't know why he did Matt Patricia, but That's his buddy. For years, Bill made basically had nothing to do with the offense. He just left it to Josh and I'll worry about the defense, the special teams, and the big picture. So you would think you'd want a guy, maybe even some previous head coaching experience, so Bill can do that again which is why Bill O'Brien came to mind. Cliff Kingsbury comes to mind. Frank Wright comes to mind. That's what I'm guessing he was going to want to do. I would have really liked Cliff. Yeah. Let's just say, hypothetically, right? Mm-hmm. Who would you have put in, like, the tier two of quarterbacks around the league that were, that were starters, right? Mm-hmm. That played... In the same duration that Brady and Josh were here, right? Now, let's say you swap Brady out for one of those tier two guys. Mm-hmm. Do you think Bill still leaves the offense entirely to Josh? I think so. I think so. I, people do this too much. Guys fail as head coaches, so then they start to question too much what they do as a coordinator. And I know Josh calls the plays in Vegas, but I'm telling you, it's still very different. You can just be... Just and you're a coordinator, you can just be smart. Just be clever, be smart, know what you're doing, and everything will work out fine. As a head coach, you're still clever, you still know what you're doing, but there's a whole nother side to it. If you're not relating to players, if you turn people off, if you you know, then they're not gonna execute at the level that you want them to. And they're gonna question you a lot because they don't like you. Do we know if that was Josh McDaniels that year Brady got hurt and it was Matt Castle? I don't. I don't think that was McDaniels. That, okay. He was I, still, I think he was in that organization, but I think he was lower. I don't know if he was the play caller yet. Yeah, I don't think that was McDaniels. Okay. Because I think like that would have been like, if he if he was play calling that and raising Matt Castle, I'd be like, oh, hell yeah. I, mean, I, I think I think that argument to me is overdone so much, though, because that was a team that literally went undefeated the year before. Castle was stepping into like one of the best, if not the best NFL roster of like all time. I mean, I guess there's something to be said for that, but like, you know, the they did lose some pieces. I mean, Welker and Moss stayed with the big ones, but. 2006 to 2008, Josh McDaniels, OC and quarterbacks coach. Oh, okay. okay. He was. Yeah, listen, I, I, I understand what you're saying. Like, that was a great roster. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, Matt Castle was awful. Yeah. Everywhere else. I, that's so, true. And there's something to be said for that. Yeah. Who do you think is the most likely? I, I'm going to throw another name out here. 
He's very respected uh, in the league. I thought it was a mistake that the Jets fired him. Mike LaFleur. Mm, I know they were bad this year, but it's not his fault they drafted Zach Wilson. Sure. And, like, do I ever see Mike White really being a successful NFL quarterback? No. Not really. Um, And even there was even a time early in the season where Joe Flacco looked a little younger. So, you know, I mean, he's better than Matt Patricia. So I'll take that. And hey, if they take Cali, we'll take him. Uh, yeah, I would like I would like Mike before. At this point, for me, I'd probably put Frank Reich one that I would want, Lafleur two, O'Brien three. Now I don't think Reich will come here. I think Reich might take a year off or something after that debacle in Indy. He's pretty well respected. He'll get a job pretty quickly when he wants one. I'm surprised that's not more often a thing. Taking what, a year off. What Cliff King, Kingsbury's doing? I don't what, know. I, I don't, it should be. Guys jump into jobs, and a lot of time they make a bad decision and they jump into another job where they'll fail just because, I don't know, they just freak out after they're fired. Like, oh, my God, I never want to. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. What Even Sean though, Payton been doing is just like, you know what? I'm a, oh, that's a whole different thing, though, because <laughs> he wasn't fired. But, a, yeah, but he's just like, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm yeah. going to do some things that aren't football related. I'm going to work. Well, they're football related, but I'm going to work for Fox. No, but, like, he's still. Yes, he has I more. think he's also ho- coaching a high school team. Oh, is he? Um, so he's not away from football, but he's like, I want... <laughs> he's just doing a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. Is really what it comes down to. Um, so that's that's what I'm thinking right now. Brian, what do you think for the next OC? What, what do you like the most, and who do you think he'll, they'll probably end up with? Though? So I uh, we talked about this again mm-hmm. the other day, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, since Kingsbury got let go, I was torn between him and O'Brien, but that's off the table now, so... Mm-hmm. I don't want O'Brien. Well, see, there's a caveat. Him and Jones have quite the relationship. There is that. There is that. And I think O'Brien, <clears throat> excuse me, would do a fine job putting together a more than functional offense. Oh, it'll. I with the pieces that are there now. If you go into this season with a competent offensive coordinator, what's the biggest problem on your offense? The line. Yup. Mm-hmm. Janu. And Bill's <laughs> decent at drafting linemen. Yeah. 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 No. And O'Brien will figure out how to use Smith. He will. Mm-hmm. And how to use Thornton. Yeah, that too. So the thing I liked about Kingsbury, though, is that there's a lot of people around the league that would say that his offense is one of, if not the single hardest to prepare for. Yep. I've, game I've, I've heard around. that. Also, there's a lot of hot air going around about where Hopkins is going to end up. Mm-hmm. If Kingsbury was here, you have a chance to get him. I still think if you O'Brien do. came in, he that's you know, he that's the thing. If loathes that man yeah, with it, every <laughs> fiber of his being. Yes, if you, he would never be outspoken. He's a gentleman about it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you ask him, he would say, look, I'm just out here trying to play my game. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's not going to publicly bash him, but it's no secret that those two especially Hopkins to O'Brien don't care for each other. That sounds like a Patriots product, though. I mean, let's not forget that O'Brien was the one that traded Hopkins away. Yes. Oh, yeah. But, like, that sounds like a perfect Patriot. Like, I have my feelings, but I'm not going to really express them to the public. (laughs) It would not work. I'm just telling you right now, it would not work. You didn't see that clip? D-Hop, when they were playing the Cardinals, D-Hop, Winnicossi, yo, I got to talk to you, man. Like, I have so much respect for you to Bill, and they had a little conversation. Yeah, they did. I saw that. Like, Like, they like each other. (laughs) Yeah. And like Bill O'Brien, the man, yeah, I, I just can't Bill see. Bill O'Brien's not on this team right now. I know, but if they hired O'Brien, Hop's not going to come here. Okay. 
Would you sacrifice one of your options at OC for DeAndre Hopkins? Yes. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to try and say no. I was gonna be like, hell yes, I would. Like, yeah. Like, that is a game-changing person. Yes. Like, that elevates he, him alone. I don't care. Every offense across the league, mm-hmm. he takes them to another level. I don't care who the quarterback is, what the line is, who the other uh, weapons are. D-Hop raises a team. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't know. I, I've even said, like, I don't know, last week, two weeks ago, I don't think our weapons are all that awful on this team. It's just no one has any clue what they can do or how to use them. Mm-hmm. And... If you also add D-Hop to that, oh, I think this could be. If mm-hmm. Mac Jones takes a step and is actually a happy camper next year, mm-hmm. why can't this team compete for a playoff? No, I know. I got you. I got you. So do you have any other guys in mind, though, or a ranking system of who who would you most like to see? Bill O'Brien's at my bottom okay. because that signs away D-Hop. Okay. I won't be upset if you get him because there's the Mac Jones um, situation. And like he is, he's been a head coach in the league. He's been an offensive coordinator league. He... It's it's not bad. It's just it, it signs away D Hop. Another thing on O'Brien, if I'm not mistaken, the Crafts view him as someone that could potentially be a successor to Bill. Yeah, but I think I, me. but I think Bill has has named Mayo, so I don't think they want them uh, in the building. But technically, Kraft can be like true. I don't think so. That's true. He can. But I've also heard, to your point, that Mister Kraft has sort of given. Bill a little bit of carte blanche to sort of oh, I've heard that he's, run his you know who his successor is going to be. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, I've heard uh, Kraft was definitely upsetting or upset with it's like you have to do something about this coach Bill. Oh yeah, you must. Yes. Um, but oh, like that doesn't surprise me. Kraft loves everybody. Mm. Bill O'Brien could have been the worst coach we've ever had, and he'll still be like, "That's such a great man, <laughs> such a good guy." Plus, he's a local guy. Is he? Did he grow up here? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. Oh. I right. cared about Bill O'Brien's early life, to be yeah. honest. So who's who's then uh who's near the top of your list if you have Bill down here? I'm uh, guessing Cliff, but, Cliff, yeah, but, but that's, Cliff's out. That's out the window now. Yeah. I mean, there's been a bunch of names that if Patriots haven't been out on anybody. Now that Byron Leftwich one <laughs> is mighty interesting. Now mm-hmm. that you said he's gonna get fired or whatever. Mm-hmm. That really piques my interest. Mm-hmm. I don't expect it. I think they probably will be looking for a head coaching job. Mm. I bet okay, he could be a Texans head coach. I bet he'd take that. Yeah. Um, is, is Eric B. Enemy? He's interviewing. I, I don't know where. I remember seeing his name. He would never leave to be an OC here, though. He only, he's only going to take a head coaching job. True. Actually, I heard he was interviewing to be an OC somewhere else. Really? really? I, yeah. I like Listen, I don't know how serious it is, but someone was inter- at least requested to interview him to be their OC. Listen. Now, I don't know if that was denied or anything like that, listen, but someone he, wants him as their OC. If he's willing, I would, I would throw... Extra money at Eric Bieniemy to just come here and be oh, OC. Hell yeah, he'll probably go to the NFC though. Probably, I would. Expect I don't want to play against Mahomes. No, I know. So I mean, Leftwich would probably be at my top. Okay. That, that Lafleur character sounds kind of interesting. I mean, why not? You wrote the kid's playbook for Christ's sake. Sure. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's those are probably my two. Okay. Because Cliff is out. Okay. Sounds good. Or what we could do is we could tank this season again. And get Cliff next year. <laughs> They're not going to do that again. No, <laughs> Bill might. Bill actually might not survive that if they really probably not. But uh, neither would I. I do. Before we take a quick break, I do have one bone to pick with the national media about the Pats. And I was Mister Critical from the start of the year. I said this is a disaster. Bill's out of touch. It's not going to be good. Bet the under in Vegas of the win total. So I was 
I was critical of Bill and the Pats from day one on this, but I think now it's flipped too much to the other side. Oh, it's over for New England. Bill's going to be out the door in a year. And I'm like, listen, the defense was still really good. He repaired it. They're a lot faster on the defensive side than they were a year ago. They just need a real offensive coordinator here and build to get out of that space and only worry about the special teams and the defense. Just And then we're okay. We're okay. Just out of curiosity, what was your what was your bright point of the defense this year? Just as a whole. If you had to pick one, pass rush. I didn't expect it to be that good. Mm. What part of a pass rush? I mean, well, Judon. Well, there's somewhere. There's some. There's. I'm going somewhere with this. Uh, The other one, uh, Uche. Uche. He finally. The emergence of Uche. Yeah. Yeah. Like if if Judon would say our best pass rusher pass rusher is emerging. I would say Uche and then Marcus Jones. Yeah. Him too. Yeah. Because Marcus Jones was awesome. Sure. I mean, Duggar had. I, I we've liked Duggar. But, but yeah, Duggar but really Duggar's broke always out this year. Yeah, he did. He did. But he's always been here. We always knew he was competent. Yeah. But yeah, the addition of Marcus Jones and the emergence of Uche, I think, were the two biggest things on the defense. Mm. All right. So with that, we are going to take our first quick break, and then when we come back. We're going to go over Staley and the Chargers and the Jags and Peterson, and then we'll move on to more of the playoff games. Stick with us, guys. Back here at Slow Your Roll. Time to get into recapping a lot of the playoff games that happened. And, uh, you know, we're going to start with the Jags and the Chargers. And listen, anyone who's been listening to this show at all, you all know where I'm going to start because I've been on this for over a year. Brandon Staley and the damn Chargers. Okay. So, the Chargers... Staley, this run defense was fifth worst in rushing last year. Uh, it was third worst in rushing defense this year. <laughs> so he's a defensive coach, and the defense isn't even good. Uh, they were near the bottom of the league last year as well in allowing points per game, one of the worst in allowing third down conversions as well. And here's the issue, right? And I see Justin Herbert's getting a ton of heat now, and people are starting to question him maybe, and like it's fair to say that he didn't play his best game, especially the second half. However, let's look how much coaching matters. We thought Daniel Jones was a bust a year ago. Now he's won a playoff game. Daniel Jones has as many playoff victories as like Dak Prescott and Lamar Jackson. The Jags have been turned around in a single season with Doug Peterson. And Maybe you could get away with average coaching and a great quarterback or at least a high-talent quarterback in the NFC where there's not a lot of great quarterbacks. But in the AFC, you have a superstar talent in Trevor Lawrence. You have Mahomes. Uh, You have Josh Allen. You have Joe Burrow. So you have too many high-level quarterbacks. Then mix them with coaches that are better than your coach for Justin Herbert to just be able to overcome that. Um, He's created no identity for this team. At all. 
especially on the offensive side of the ball. They have no identity. I don't watch them and think that they're trying to set anything up. I watch them and say they're calling plays. I swear on everything holy. And I said this before the show. I made sure I had enough time to watch the condensed games right before I sat down. Mm -hmm. So it was as fresh as bread. I said to myself... What is the game plan here? Yeah, what are they trying to do? What, uh, and Justin, why is Justin throwing the ball 45 times in this game when you were up, to hire Sean Payton? <laughs> when you were up 27 to 7. They I don't have, run the ball all that well despite having Kelly and Eckler. Um Eckler's a pass catching back though. And the minute Keenan Allen went down, I mean the minute Mike Williams went down, they don't have a lot of great other options at wide receiver and there's no great route concept and there's no identity to try and make things easier. And I also felt like the later the game went, for whatever reason, they had Justin Herbert throw the ball further, not shorter, and just like panicking. Yeah, well, that's that's so that's total panic right there. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So a bad run game, a bottom tier defense, no identity offensively, and the idea that Dable can turn a bad quarterback and an organization around in one year, Peterson can turn around a bad organization in the Jags in one season. They clearly have identities. Jones is limited, but when the times get tough when they need to make a play or when things are going south, at least Dable and the Giants, they can he can look at them and go like, listen, we have an identity. We know what we do well. We're going to keep doing that and it'll probably save us. Or at least we'll go down doing what we do. The Chargers, it's just like panic. Oh, we can't run it well enough. I guess Justin, just try and find Keenan Allen 15 yards down the field. Just, just try. Let's not do anything clever to get him open. Just see if you can make a perfect throw here. And... The decision-making for Staley, we know about the fourth down stuff, but also the last game of the year, your yep. seeding was not going to change. Yep. Why is Derwin James, Nick Bosa, and Mike Williams playing? Particularly like Mike Williams, who's an injury waiting to happen, but he's your second wide receiver. I would argue him and Allen, though, are just 1A, 1B. There's not even a huge difference. And Williams is a big body situational target. Why is Mike Williams playing in a game that doesn't matter? I think Staley is in way over his head, and they are wasting a high-level talent in Justin Herbert. Mm. Yeah, I think almost the worst part of that was the playing the Week 18 starters. Well, like, or why? playing starters in Week 18. Not only, right? I get not wanting rust. But like, how many times have we said this about the Chargers also? Well, when this team's fully healthy. Well, when they're fully healthy. Well, when they're fully. Well, you were finally fully healthy. They, they like, wanted no. to give it a shot. But like, no, we're going to play week 18. What the are you doing? You, think you probably win that game with Mike Williams. I think they do. Because you think, even, even with Mike Williams, like, I think... Didn't another one of their wide receivers get hurt during the game, too? Was it Palmer or Carter? Somebody else I got hurt during the game as well. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But actually, you think Palmer and Carter are actually pretty good themselves. They are, they're okay. No, I mean, they're not number ones, but that's, that's a, those are good compliments to Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Yes, and like when, when you, you have both of them, sure, and <laughs> when like they're we're healthy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you, you say like, oh, they're kind of like one A and one B, and I agree with that. The thing is, like, even if like Mike Williams can be, I think Keenan Allen's the more consistent one, but Mike yes. Williams reaches higher highs. Yes. So even like if Mike Williams didn't do much, one catch for nine yards, <laughs> he still took a he's he's getting looks. Yeah. People are just looking at him. The defense is making sure he is covered and, simply but, because he's on the field. And you know what the other thing Mike Williams is? And they did settle for a few too many field goals when they got turnovers out of, Jag- out of the Jags. He's a great red zone target. Sure. He is a big, a bodied, athletic wide receiver that's hard to cover. Yeah. 
Like he's he's those he's like fifty fifty guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that would that could be that's huge. Mm-hmm. That is huge in a game like that. Even and again, even if he doesn't really contribute on the score sheet, his presence alone mm-hmm. is a factor. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like I said, I think that was the worst part of all this because you almost signed this away in the whole game. I don't care how bad that first half was. I was saying Jags are a second half team. They've been all that way all year. And this Chargers are a terrible second half team. That's the other thing I forgot to mention. Yeah. That's the other thing with Staley too. Consistently, they are a terrible second half team. And that's coaching. That's all coaching. Like so many people can come out with at least a game plan when you give them a full week and the first two drives scripted. How do you adjust that half? They don't make any halftime adjustments. And that's not even just offensively. It's defensively, which is supposed to be Staley's specialty. None. No adjustments. And the last thing, people will be like, well, Justin Herbert, you know, he didn't have as good a year this year. He regressed badly this year. Because he was make he was able to make it through one year of coaching with Staley, but two years of subpar coaching are going to kill a young player. Well, it's not just that. He himself was injured this year. That too. He had Mike three Williams and Keenan Allen missed, met, I think, more than half their games in total. Yes, they so, did. So, like, yeah. And the last thing with Staley, too, is I said this stat before when I called for his job, and I'll say it again. Last year, he was the only head coach to get top five quarterback play. Go look at Herbert's numbers last year. He's top five in touchdowns, touchdown interception ratio, completion percentage, quarterback rating. Only coach to get top five quarterback play all season and not make the playoffs. Not only not make the playoffs, all the other four not only made the playoffs, they won their division. Staley couldn't even win. Uh, Staley couldn't even make the playoffs. Mm. So, Brian, I know you already chimed in on one part because you saw the same thing I did. They call plays. Like, they don't run an offense. <clears throat> so, I would never expect any coach to be as good as Bill. No. At like halftime adjustments and mm. all that stuff. Peyton Manning says that's ball. Or even <laughs> game planning. Shut up, forehead. <laughs> um, but it's not hard to make adjustments coming out of the half when you didn't go into the game with a game plan at all. <laughs> like, what? I, I know. Like, how do it's you like he's not really even. I, I don't putting in any effort to I, I, really coach. I think the game just or moves, do anything. I think the game just moves too fast for him. Like, I'm really starting to believe if he just lets his coordinators make every single decision, like if if he's sort of just their advisors, look, hey, we want to do, yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, sounds great, guys, yeah, let's go with that, yeah. I could see that, that he's just a yes man and doesn't really know what he's saying yes to, or he's that guy that just constantly overthinks things, Mm. and that you're going to make the wrong decision almost every time in that. It's like, oh, I should do this. That's the normal thing. That's what most people do in this situation. But like, uh, I'm going to try something else. I also just think he panics. Well, yeah, that's part of it. Like, I mean, like, why are we, why, again, why is Herbert throwing 45 times? That's why I think he's an overthinker. Okay. Because when you panic, he's just like, oh, this, 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 uh, that one. Mm -hmm. I get the perfect analogy for him. Watching Brandon Staley coach is like listening to Tony Romo in the booth on a, like a challenge replay. Ooh, yeah, Jim, I don't know. (laughs) 
That's a good one. I thought you were going to make it totally about Romo because I was like, I kind of like the way Romo calls the game, but that is 100% correct. When it's a replay, Tony is off there. It's like, oh, look at that dude. Ah, did like, he get the fuck? To, wait, did debris come up off the field? Ah, I don't know, Jim. That'd be a, good, a giddy little kid in the booth sometimes. Oh yeah, he can. God. Emmanuel Acho had a field day with that the, dude. What? Emmanuel Acho had a field day with. Oh, I'm sure the Chargers he, losing. I'm sure he did. He Kid, was silent for for weeks, and he also said Tua was a top five quarterback. So I don't care what Acho has to say. Am I the only one that felt so bad for Al Michaels getting st- the great Al Michaels? Do you believe in miracles? Yes. Getting stuck with uh, the 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 corpse of Tony Dungy. Uh, oh, he, that was I bad. I don't remember the exact Ugh. quote. He came out and like trash the games he had to. Um, Call this year, and then uh, in 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 the Cincy Dungy Dungy's awful in the, in the Cincy booth. Baltimore game. He's just he doesn't have enough energy. Did yeah. anyone notice that Mike Tirico made uh, Raven into a verb? No. no, he goes. Baltimore is ravening this game right now. <laughs> oh. I was. Oh my god. I mean, I get. What, I get his can point. We, can we please just as much as I can't stand now? Here's a guy. Can we just get those two back together? Please, not, please, and, I, and, and turn the volume down on that. Yeah, I don't know, Jim. <laughs> it's only to get, get away from the mic. Oh, he's got the headset on. He can't do that. Just, eh. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so off Staley and the Chargers, I, at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to fire Brandon. This organization, they underachieve. Of course they, they're not. They do everything wrong. They're not going to fire him. Spanos doesn't want to pay a coach. It's hilarious. All the coaches they passed up on. They had Brian Dable and Brandon Staley both there. I, I do In want- the building, down to those two. And they picked Staley because they didn't want to pay Dable. I will say, we did say Staley saved his job by making the playoffs. We did say that. Which seems to still be true. <laughs> However, I want a little credit for saying Staley will make a case to get himself fired. No, no, you hit the nail on the head. And he did. You did. You hit the nail on the head. And I was like, there's no way that even Staley can mess this up. Bro, I'm telling you, watching that game, I felt the Jaguars were in control. I have no explanation for it. I'm just like, man, Jaguars are kicking ass right now. Obviously not really, like getting yeah. blown out, but I just felt like this isn't good enough. Yeah. This isn't good enough. And Doug P and, and the coaching was just on full display. Like I said, you had two young top talent quarterbacks. But Doug Peterson worked Brandon Staley. Just worked him. Um and we're gonna go to that now. Mostly just because you two are on the booth here. We've already talked about this, but I mean, the job that Doug Peterson has done here in Jacksonville in one season, I mean, it's very impressive. Sure. But I've said, like, I think he's that guy that can turn a franchise around. It's just like in five years, will they be sick of him? So in five years, if it's still going great, if it didn't totally fall off the table, Mm -hmm. as the Jaguars love to find themselves doing, I'll, I'll be like, all right, I take back what I said about Doug Peterson. Just to play devil's advocate here real quick, and mm-hmm. this isn't to walk back my take on giving credit to Doug Peterson. I still, mm-hmm. hi, Doug. <laughs> um, are we giving him possibly, maybe, I don't know, Jim, just a little bit too much credit? <laughs> because as impressive as this turnaround is, it's, I, I would praise a steaming bag of dog crap that went 0-17 as the head coach because I would bet anything it would look better than the Urban Meyer experiment. Mm. Sure. It, it helps when your coaches and kicking your kickers and calling people losers on the team. Yeah. So, but like, I think that that's really helped Doug because when you come in 
and you're just not can't, toxic. It can't possibly get any worse. Yeah. You're just you're kind of happier to be around that man in general just okay. because he's not urban. But the reason I'll give Doug some credit though is they started hot and then they lost like four straight. And it's so easy in a place that's a losing culture and you were terrible last year to start thinking, oh, we're here again. And Doug was able to keep them engaged and was able to salvage the season. This team is young, though. They are. So it's a little like Etienne, Lawrence. Mm -hmm. I I know Kirk's not young, but he's new to the team. Zay Jones Mm -hmm. is new to the team. It's much easier to get by into his program. Mm -hmm. It's they they're not veteran Jags. It's mm-hmm. not oh this is typical Jags football. Like I'm sure they know that, but mm-hmm. they're like this is supposed to be a different team. But that's the thing I, I want to like. Do we want to give Doug all that credit? Like Trevor Lawrence is him. Mm. Like he wasn't last year though. That's because he that's, was pretty off. That's because Urban, or the herbs and spices were ruining it. Uh, but like, you know, Doug Peterson was able to get the best out of Carson Wentz, who we all realize is a failed. Quarterback now, Nick Foles, who's never done anything since that Super Bowl run, and now resurrected Lawrence's career. Two things about the quarterbacks in this game real quick. Mm -hmm. One, well, two of them are on Lawrence. Am I the only one that thinks he's got sort of an odd release? A little bit. Sure. He does have a little bit. Arm angle and leg kick. Uh, I always thought Phillip Rivers did, too. Well, he's got the weirdest release I think I've ever seen. Yeah. Lawrence's is weird. He's kind of like... He's. I think he's his lankiness. I think causes that. Yeah, and that's speaking to my next point. Both of them. Why are two quarterbacks that are six six and six seven having balls tipped at the line? Wait, Herbert's that tall? Yeah, he is. Yeah, dude, I'm sick of these quarterbacks being these giant men that look so short to me. Uh, yeah, I know. It's Herbert the offensive has- lineman. I know it's the offensive lineman. Yeah, but he's six six. Yeah, Lawrence is six six and Herbert's six Wait. seven. Lawrence was the 6'6 guy? Yeah. 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 My life is a lie. <laughs> yeah, no, he's a, he's huge. He's a tall guy. I don't know. I know Herbert's uh, Herbert's release like, is a little lower, so I think that's why you see so many balls tipped. The other thing is the O-line is just average at best, so they let guys pretty deep into his lap sometimes too, so it's a little bit of both. Um, let's move on, though, real quick. Let's go over the... While while he while your mind is blown there and you're looking and you're looking <laughs> bro, I'm literally googling the, the tallest quarterbacks in the league. I know you are. Lawrence is fifth. Herbert is fourth. Let's let's move on to the Bills and Miami now. I mean, I feel good about this one because I've been on this very early as well. Buffalo situationally, they're terrible. Since Dable left, Josh Allen is turning into a turnover prone mess again. I know their highs are so amazing. Someone needs to reel him in. As, as uh, our buddy Nick said, when I watch Josh Allen throw the football, I'm like, that's how Jesus Christ would throw a football. <laughs> so you get so tantalized by how great they can be. But situationally, and this is what playoff football is about. No matter what you think, usually the games end up closer than they should be. And it's about situational, not making mistakes, stuff like that. Buffalo's not good at either of those. And this game should not have been as close as it was. They miss Brian Dable. And Josh Allen... 22 turnovers this season in the regular season. He was second most in interceptions, second most in fumbles, which put them together. He had the most turnovers in the NFL of any quarterback. And many of them, too, in the red zone as well. So bad timing as well. He is just a wild, wild stallion. And Dable was able to ring him in and make him more effective. But since Brian has left, 
you've seen the progression go back to he's starting the football over. And it's interesting, Jones used to have the same problem. Now, he didn't have the high-end play that Allen does, but Jones used to be a turnover mess. Dable comes in, and he cleans that up as well. So it's what Dable does, and I'm really concerned about the Bills. Now, the good news for them is, at least in this matchup with Cincinnati, Cincinnati could be down 3-0 linemen, so maybe Buffalo will win because of that. I don't, I don't think they can beat Casey. I think since he can beat Casey, I don't think Buffalo can. Mm. Well, it might depend on that lineman thing. Yeah. If since he can beat Casey. Yes. Uh, they are hoping that maybe um, Kapka is going to be, or what's his name? Kappa. Ka- Kappa, yeah. yeah. Is, there is a chance Kappa can play, which is massive. Mm. I mean, listen, we all saw the Super Bowl when the Chiefs were missing three old linemen. Like, yeah. Like, it's just hard to overcome that. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, just FYI, Mike Lennon is the tallest QB in the league. Oh, really? He's he's six seven. This this article puts both Herbert and Lawrence at six six. Okay, but um, you know the thing with that. <clears throat> so I we we call him a wild man, mm-hmm. Josh Allen. But he it's you know at some point he's got to say like I need to rein myself in. Mm-hmm. Now I don't really see that happening this year in the playoffs. But you know if he has a couple, let's assume uh, the linemen aren't really a factor. It's a close game. Mm-hmm. There's a couple uh, bad turnovers on Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. The game They lose by a one-point field goal, what have you. Josh Allen will probably go into that offseason and be like, I, I need to do something about this. I need to make better reads, what have you. I need to stop overthrowing guys, stop forcing things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know exactly what it that is. That's the other thing. I mean, they just decide to just chuck it deep all the time. I mean, he's too confident in himself. Probably too much. He's way too confident in himself. Mm-hmm. And I understand, like, dude, he's got such a good arm. Oh, I know. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with Felger here. They were talking about it. Um, he can flick his Schmenzer and yeah. the ball goes 40 yeah. yards. But, like, I, you see it, like, he's off his back foot. He's barely touching the grass at all. And he just does just a little. Yeah. And it is 50 yards. Didn't he have one against the Patriots in Buffalo this year where he no. was running out about running towards the sideline. He yeah. had a defender oh, yeah. coming. He jumped. He was over the sideline yes. in midair, delivers a strike yeah. in the end zone from like 20 yards out. What? What? Yo, how, you, week 18. How do, you, how do you defend that? No, you week know? 18, they were rushing him. He's backpedaling. Backpedaling. Fucking just, oh, excuse me. <laughs> just launches it. He's got me so excited. Like, he just, absolutely no effort, 60-yard pass. You see, but you fall in love with this stuff, and. No, I get it. Patrick Mahomes has the same problem. We, oh, he's cleaned it up a lot. Because he learned his lesson. And because, in, in and, time, and, 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 and because Tyreek Hill left. His toys are gone. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's totally helped with that. Oh, maybe it's I mean, made him a, res- a more responsible decision maker. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying maybe he has to lose digs, but something needs to happen. Yeah, and Josh Allen will like. I don't think they need Dave. We know Josh what Allen needs to realize something about himself. We know what happens to Allen when he loses digs. Oh, is he useless? Oh no, he goes to Davis. Not useless, but even he, he goes, like he, as good as he's going to hurt himself as much. Praise as we heap on Davis and Isaiah McKenzie, they're not what they are if not for Stephon Dawson Diggs. Knox and Stefan Diggs. Sure. Yeah. Oh no, and, no, totally. And I, I I've said so many times this year. I he think doesn't they, he doesn't become useless, but he looks a little bit more like yeah. third year Josh Allen. Yeah. Sure. He looks messy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very messy. 
And like I, I've said this many times this year. I don't know why they abandon the run game so easily. Oh it's not good. God. No. But like, there's times where I'm, I'm like, all right, you're you're moving the ball on the ground, and they're just like, okay, chuck we, it deep. We've gotten past the 50 yard line with running <laughs> the ball. Now we're taking end zone shots. Yeah. It's like no. Yeah. I, this team, this team, they have to knock their opponents out, and if they don't knock their opponents out, they're in trouble. They've won and, some one score games, this and season. they get in dog fights that they shouldn't be in. Well, how do you really knock out KC or Cincinnati? Hmm? How do you knock out a team like KC or Cincinnati? If no Cincy, matter how good you are. If Cincy plays the game they did against Baltimore, mm-hmm. they can get knocked out. Yeah, and yeah, if they're they missing got... three old line. That's the thing. Like, I think uh, the Bengals are more rounded offensively, but they kind of have that same thing. We need to knock them out, and we need to really step on them and keep them down. Because like, how many times have they had second-half collapses? And stuff like that. Like they're another team that like we have to, we cannot take our foot off the gas because mm-hmm. they seem to always come back against us. No, I know, I get you. This could be a very interesting second half game. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. All right. So with that, we're gonna change gears for a second again. Jesse, going back to hockey. Yes, we are. Before right. we take our last break. Now we're a little ways off the deadline for the trade deadline for the NHL. However, because of where the Bruins are, the talk has ramped up heavily already. And they seem to be interested. They're like that Red Sox thing. They're the interest kings. They're in on everybody. Will they get anybody? I don't know. But they're in on everybody. Now, their current cap space is a shocking $0. They have $0 available. Absolutely <laughs> none. I was shocked. Because like, like a week ago, you had like six grand. I don't know where that six grand went. <laughs> so, either way, six grand is nothing anyway. However. I bet they bet David a really nice bottle of champagne for his thousandth game. That must be it. That must be it. And then David's like, I don't want this. Um, but here's the thing. We've been cap-strapped for years now, and yet somehow we got Hampus Lindholm last year. So we, we, we maneuver. And two years ago, the Stanley Cup winners, the uh, Lightning... They really opened everyone's eyes to how you really cheat the system here and win cups. Well, mm. you just got to be $13 million over the cap. You got to be $13 million better than everybody else. 17 actually. Oh, was it 17 Yeah, excuse me. Uh, either way, you're te- over $10 million better than everyone else. And Jake DeBrusque is injured, which means we can buy now. You still need to move some pieces because he's only a $4 million cap hit. But you can buy now, mm. bench him. Or somebody, because someone else is going to get injured somewhere, and then just have them ride that IR until the end of the season, and boom, you're cheating in the playoffs. But it's okay, because you technically can do that. So I almost everyone seems to be on the table here uh, with how they're going to circumvent the cap, because, oh, they will. We're going to be the cheaters, which means I'm going to have to take back what I said about the Lightning a couple years ago, but okay. So now you want... Bo Horvat. I do. So he's a five and a half million dollar cap hit. The thing about him, now we're we got center depth here. He's on a fifty goal or he's on on pace for fifty goals. Probably might be the most expensive name on the market this year. Because everyone wants a center. Everyone wants a center that they might be able to control. He's gonna have a contract here this year. I want him going forward. Oh, I would, no, I would want it. If you're going to get him, it needs to be the same situation as Hampus Lindholm. Mm-hmm. You need to get him and sign him uh, long term. Yep. So 
That's why he probably will be the hottest commodity on the market because everyone's looking for that future center. And he's only, I think he's 26. So he will be, and again, on pace for 50 goals right now, despite being on a bad team. Very hot commodity. Five and a half, not bad. Be with Jake DeBrusque. You only need to find another million and a half. But like pieces need to be moved here. Craig Smith needs to be probably moved. There's been interest in Matt Grizzlick, I've heard. And, you know, if you bring someone back, I'd be willing to part with him. But that really does the defensive depth. Do you think they should bring in a defenseman, Brian? I mean, as a depth piece, maybe. That's what I'm thinking. But, like, they're talking about a John Klingberg. Because they're, they're so friendly with the Ducks. You and he's like, I like John Klingberg. I mean, if you can get him for a song. <laughs> Seven million sure. cap hit, though. But that's, yeah. That's, I think, those are the ones that I think... That's, fantasy, yeah. but you might have to, if because Vancouver apparently wants NHL players. Grizzlick, yep. Debrusque might be on the table. I really don't want to trade Debrusque. He's on. He was on a thirty-six goal pace before the injury. Um, you know, Craig Smith. Yeah, please, please take Craig. I like Craig, but he's just not it this year. And another, yeah, he's thing. well. It's the. It's like everyone is playing so good. Where does he fit in? Yeah, and he, he's been one of those guys that can't seem to quite adapt to the Montgomery system yeah. the way everyone else has, so that leaves him as the odd man out. Like, I like Craig Smith. He's a good player, but he's just not working with us. He's too much of a cap hit for what we're doing with him right now. Yeah. Another two, Actually, I'll, I'll do two big names. Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane. $10.5 million cap hit each. Bruins were linked to Kane preseason, now this seems they're heavy going after Jonathan Taves. Would you like any of that? How, old men. How Yeah, how old are they? 30-something. But those are the thing. This is the one year we'd have them. Those would be rent. Those would be the rentals. Hence why they may actually be cheaper. Because, like, how much of that is going to be eaten by Chicago? They're going to have to eat pretty much half of that. See, this is tough. And Felger made this point yesterday about the Bruins, and I've heard him make this point a handful of times over the last few years. Taves is 34. Like, if you could go to four cups in 15 years and win two of them, doesn't that sort of just make the whole thing feel, you know, you feel better about that, just the whole, that run? Sure. Oh, yeah, no, I, if we, I would love to. Like, so do you want to take on a rent to the rentals like that? Just to make sure that you maybe finally get it here after dropping one to Chicago, which, I, fine, I didn't like the way it ended, but looking at the way that team was built and the way they played wire-to-wire, lockout season, albeit, it really didn't make sense if if any other team won the championship that year. Sure. Oh, they and were by far the, the best team. The, the Blues team, I mean, they did to us what we did to Vancouver in 2011. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, especially it, with it, this core. It makes them coming back, I think, weigh a little bit more, too. And it does so much for legacies of guys like Krejci and Bergeron. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to, like... But the other thing is, how good do you know you're going to be next year in the Montgomery system if you don't have your top two centers? At and, least get a one of them in Horvat. Well, that's, that's, that's why Horvat is the hot commodity. Because he would be the future. First, second line center in the future. Uh, if 
Krejci and Bergeron decide to hang it up this year. And, you know, I think if you win a cup, I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, let's run it back, boys. Um, but that still does not give you any real long-term options. Like David Krejci and Bergeron are both over 35, I believe. Um, I know Bergeron definitely is. He's 36. Uh, so they, even if they decide to come back, regardless of the outcome, you have one, two, maybe three with Krejci good years left. And then if they keep deciding to play, I don't really know at that point. They're 40-year-old men. I almost want for Bergeron after this year to just be like, okay. That is, like that's part of why I want them to win so bad. Like I oh, want no. him to go out on a high note, but I also I don't, want him to be able to go out before he's not way too messed up where he can't enjoy the rest of his life. I don't like it to make anything about legacies in sports. Like, all right, I'll part with these guys if it means we're going to make the team better. But I don't know. I just feel like with this core, Bergeron, Marchand, uh, Krejci, they've just been here so long and they've worked so hard yet they haven't quite gotten what they deserve, in my personal feeling. They exemplify good Bruins. Oh, absolutely. And I, Bergeron set the tone when he was very young. I, I, there was an interview I saw. Where he was talking about, like, in his first big contract, they were like, bro, you might be a $10 million man. He's like, I'll take six. He's like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, like, you're leaving so much money on the table. He's like, well... Like, now now we can sign other guys. He's like, but there's no guarantee any of those other guys will do that, too. He's like, yeah, set the example. Brad Marchand says he never wants to make more money than Patrice Bergeron does. He always thinks he deserves a higher cap bid. Didn't happen this year, but that's because Bergeron took such a discount. Krejci, he's like, I, I want to come back. I just want to be a Bruin, or I'm going to stay in the Czech Republic. He's like, I'll do it for a million bucks. Second-line center being paid a million dollars. Our highest-paid forward is Charlie Coyle, third-line center. And I like Coyle. Well, not after the Zaka deal. No, he's still. Uh, Zaka, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Because Coyle's, right. Coyle's yeah, over $5 five, million. Dollars. Five and a half, yeah, yeah. I think. Yep. And Zaka's just under five. So, Man, I, if only you could have got Coyle for like four and a half. No, that's I, that's overpaying for Coyle. That really is. Four um, and a half? Well, they wanted him to be. They're the, way overpaying at five and a half. Great. Yeah. And when they traded for him, that playoff run, he was the nuts. But he, they were like. And he's, he sort of fleeced him, I think. Yes. But he, he was supposed to be the Krejci replacement. And he just. He's not. He's a third line center, and that's where he just belongs. That's where he, he does his best work. Um, so, I, with the Horvat thing, I almost think you kind of have to root for at least one of them, Krejci or Bergeron, to say this is it. Because, what, are you going to have Horvat as your third line guy? Come on. That's, 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 that's almost wasting him. Inconceivable. That's a, that's a wasted player at that point. It is a wasted player. So if you're going to get Horvat, I almost want you to win this year, and then I want somebody to hang him up. Dream scenario. Dream scenario. Okay. Absolute pipe dream scenario. First line, left to right. Mosh, Berg, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but again, you got to give credit where credit's due. Your son. Thank you. He's, he's proved himself to really uh, be a top six forward. Second, is Zaka a left winger or right winger? He's actually a center, but he, he can wing it. He, they'll, they'll put him either side. That's the thing about centers. They're so dynamic like that. Put Zaka. Actually, what shot is he? That, that matters. Zaka's a lefty. Okay. Bro, this team's so many lefties. Everyone's a lefty on this team. Second line. Zaka, Crutch, Pasta. The checkmates. Third line. 
Hall, Horvat, any old schlep can play mm. right side. Sure. Could you imagine those three lines? My uh, word. Well, well, then your fourth line is what? Felino, Coyle, and whoever they decide to put there. Oh, my God. How sick would that be? Yeah. There's another thing, though. People don't want to mess with the depth. Or the, excuse me, all the chemistry we got going here. Like, I, I'm a little afraid of that because everyone is clicking and everyone is playing so well together, despite the fact that, like, Taylor Hall and Pasternak have not had a consistent line all season. Uh, actually, Pasternak has 26 goals in the last 26 games. Well, that's the other uh, side of that coin, too. Like, just bring in a sort of complimentary piece that's not like, oh, look at this big sexy deal. That we just made. Yeah. Well, well, that's what I want with the defenseman. I want a seventh defenseman. Yeah, like a Forbert type. Someone better than Zaboral right now. Yeah. Because, like, if you get an injury, I don't like Zaboral in that spot. I, I like the steps Zaboral has taken, but, again, he's a guy that's just not he's telling not in the Montgomery system. Yet. He's not in The Montgomery system kind of made him step back. So you want Horvat. Would you take a Kane or a Taze, though? If it almost, like, I don't want to say guarantees a championship because it's hockey. piece that might put you over the top, maybe... Which one do you want? Uh, if it's only those two, which one do you want? I wanted Kane, but Taze is actually having the better season. Kane used to be the goal scorer, and I wanted a goal scorer, but he's got like four goals this year. He's just he's just assist man. All right, so do you, back to your point, do you want to mess with the center depth and that whole thing? I mean, I think Coyle could be a winger. Coyle would make a bro. Good Coyle would be, make a good wing. If you bring in Taze, you have the best faceoff. Guys ever assembled with Bergeron, Crazy, Chase, and Coyle. I know, but I, I mean, uh, it's a nice thing. It's kind of a toss-up. I mean, they're both just so damn good. Sure, even if they're not like prime Taves and Kane, it's still yeah, know, and that's better in But Horvat, Horvat is the prize, mm. not only for this year but long term. Not only that, but talk about like. We always talk about in sports like, oh, this guy, he's been there, done that. You know, he's been through the ringer. He knows how to win. I don't think there is a sport that matters more knowing how to win than hockey. Maybe football. I think football. It, it depends on the position, though. Like a yeah. quarterback might be the most. But like I, overall, hockey, yes. But quarterback might be the one where you need it the most. I can see it happening or being the most effective in mm-hmm. uh I know what you mean. Clutching late. Sure. I know what you mean. Uh, with that, uh, we can take the break now. Yep. So we're going to take a break. We're going to go over the final couple of games and then preview next round before we do our Tommy and Darwin. As always, stick with us, guys. Back here at Slow Your Roll, getting ready to finish things up. Going over the last couple of playoff games before we do the next round and finish up like we always do. So let's start with Cincy and Baltimore, 24-17. Baltimore playing with a backup quarterback. But man, Baltimore controlled major swaths of this game. They outgained Cincinnati by a lot, too. Um, It was a great showing by John Harbaugh. Uh, You know my opinion on Cincy in this game. You know, I thought it was a tough break. 
for them to have to play back-to-back weeks against an AFC North team. Those I've said it at the start. Those teams play wacky games all the time, the AFC North. And Baltimore had the best defense in the playoffs and probably the best run game, so it's a tough matchup. But uh, you guys, your your thoughts on the Cincy-Baltimore game. Ryan, actually, I'll start with you. Thanks, I had to take a drink. <laughs> Why does... what? What is the thing with Harbaugh? Like what? what it's, it, he's for some reason just never, ever out of a game. I know there there is. I when Brady went to Tampa and won right off the bat, we were like, okay, Brady effect. I, there's a Harbaugh effect. Mm-hmm. There is something about that man mm-hmm. where he just I don't know if it's like he just knows how to get like rent-free between someone's eyes <clears throat> or if he sees oppo- like opposing teams mm-hmm. differently mm-hmm. than than other coaches do. Like, how many other coaches get that decent a play out of Huntley? Uh, no, not many. Not many. Like, and granted, he had some lucky plays, but, I mean, there were... A- he also had a, a massive unlucky one. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. That might have cost him an actual win. It probably did. I would that say I would say it did. That's but good. that could be a fourteen point swing. Oh, I know. Yeah, they actually missed an illegal block on his return. Yeah. Oh, I that's, saw that too, and I was like, "Ooh, that's such a wild play." Though the refs, I don't even know where to look anymore. <laughs> but I was I was impressed with the way they were sort of able to stymie Burrow and get mm-hmm. him off his spot. Mm-hmm. Well, they know uh, him in that offense so well. Yeah, that that is true. I, mean, I was more impressed on how they were able to move the football so well. Yeah, that, <laughs> but, yeah, that was Huntley's best. I game mean, in, in in both teams, I liked how they sort of got you know, not necessarily on the ground, mm-hmm. but both Cincy and Baltimore early and often getting the backs involved. Mm-hmm. Love to see that. Yeah, and it comes down to the thing that we criticize Staley about identity. Yep. So you go into a game massively outnumbered by the backup quarterback, but your team has an identity. They know what they're going to hang their hat on. We're going to be more physical than you. We're going to be tougher than you. We're going to run the damn football, and we're going to keep it out of your hands. And, man, I mean, the second quarter, I mean, they had the, the, the ball almost the entire second quarter. Yeah. So your thoughts? So about the, with the Jim Harbaugh thing. Now, we, John. we've— John. Yeah. Oh, excuse John. me. John, you're the same person. That's because no, no. That's because Jim was in the news. John is so much more tame than Jim. Yeah. Yes. That's actually the one thing I like about Jim more than John. I I, something about guys that are a little bit like crazy psychos. (laughs) Mm. Well, Harbaugh, Harbaugh B. See the younger one. I forget. That's why I want Bill O'Brien in New England so bad. He's a hothead. (laughs) Sure, but uh. We, I mean, we've prayed just coaching here and stuff like that. However, uh, the seams are coming off, and that might have cost Baltimore the game. Like you talk about, like they were on the goal line, ready to take the lead. That was actually the moment I said, like, oh, I didn't really watch the end of that game too much because, despite the fact that it was close, um, I still felt since he was in control. That drive mm-hmm. when it was tied and. Baltimore was going to leave. I was like, oh, man, look at this. And then the, the fumble, 98-yard return. I'm yeah. like. It's over now. Yeah. yeah, all right, that's over. Um, not only because, like, all right, 14-point swing, that's a kick in the balls. Mm-hmm. Um, and J.K. Dobbins coming out after, mm-hmm. being like, we would have won with Lamar. I mean, probably. 
But I don't I'll, know. Listen, it. I mean, I know Huntley had the good game, mm-hmm. but like Lamar is a different animal. Yeah, and he just he just he makes you have to prepare for much more than a Huntley. Mm-hmm. Like we don't like his throwing arm, but mm-hmm. it's probably better than Huntley's. He is, but there's <clears throat> like guys like. I mean, there's always a way to rattle mm-hmm. most people, mm-hmm. right? Unless you're like a J.J. Watt or a Erlacher or a Tom Brady. Uh, Tom shook up Erlacher. Like, <laughs> you know, going way back, like Roger Staubacher. Like, like, you can't shake those guys up mm-hmm. too, too much. They're just got ice in their veins and they're made of friggin' stone. Lamar, you can... Get him, you know, pow, 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 dance. Oh, you can get him flustered as hell. Did you see his Instagram post or whatever it was? There's something about guys like Huntley in that spot. They're dangerous. Oh, because you don't know them. And they have nothing to lose. They're playing with house money. Yeah, they have nothing to lose. You don't necessarily have all the film on them, stuff like that. There's stuff like that. And there's also something like where Huntley is like, that's not Lamar. Let's not try as hard. Like, as much as they're not sitting there saying that... Be more conservative on offense, not turn the football over, you know, yeah. shut it down a bit. Yeah. No, that's totally a thing that happens So well. there is things like that. How many times have the Patriots played backup quarterbacks and the backup quarterback has played well simply because Bill doesn't know what the hell they can do? Mm-hmm. That's That has flustered me for years mm. about how we should blow out these games, but they're not simply because that's a backup quarterback and we don't know what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that is a thing. I'll give you that. Mm. But what I mean is like, the seams are coming off and J.K. Dobbins and then Lamar with that absolutely high school girl Instagram post. Like that that was the moment where like, Lamar, I kind of am not on your side at all anymore. I missed that one. What is it? I, I don't have I gotta, it. I got to go. For, what was it? Instagram or Twitter? In, it was Instagram or I think it was Instagram. Mm. Like his Insta story and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but anyway. But like, well, the, the point I'm making with this is people, if it's not Lamar, they don't seem to want to play. Yeah. So if it is Lamar, not so Lamar might not be the. I mean, X-Factor. they played very hard for Huntley. <laughs> they, Mark Andrews did. <laughs> Mark Andrews definitely did. But it's like, you just—that's your guy. That's your quarterback. I want to play with him. I want to play with Lamar. I feel better when Lamar is under center. I feel better about our team's performance. When Lamar is under center. Mm-hmm. That 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 matters. That adds up. And when J.K. Dobbins comes out and says like. All this stuff about like the team and the, oh you're screwing over Lamar and stuff like that. I said maybe last week like oh maybe this stuff could be good if Lamar sits out because then he looks like a bitch. But like they they didn't think that at all. Mm-hmm. They're just turning on Harbaugh. They're turning on the team. They're just like that's not give Lamar his money. Yeah. And now now as I good th- as a coach Harbaugh is in Harbaugh and the in the team is stuck. I still what do you do? I still don't think they're gonna pay him. And I thought I don't think you should. I think you should. I think you should deal with the the repercussions of not paying him. And I think that game to me showed that, like, listen, they're able to get great performances. They have an identity. They can move the ball with backup and not only just backups, like backups that I didn't even think were going to be NFL quarterbacks. Like I didn't I didn't watch Taylor Huntley in Utah and ever thought he was an NFL quarterback. So they're even low end backups, in my opinion. But they have a great defense. They have a great culture. And they have an identity, and Humbaugh's a great coach. I will give you the perfect example of one specific play from this game that I think sums up. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to do it in one singular play mm-hmm. throughout his entire tenure in Baltimore, mm-hmm. no matter the opponent, the score, the situation, the time on the clock, the location, any of it, there was one play last what was that game? Two Sun- nights ago? Sunday. Yeah. 
Sunday, there was one play in that game. If you're, like, say you were watching it from, like, an all-22 perspective, like you're at the quarterback's back looking towards Cincy's defense. From left to right, one, two, three on Cincy's D-line, I believe the down lineman next to the left end Mm -hmm. from the offense's perspective, Cincy's Mm -hmm. D-line ran a stunt Mm -hmm. on that play. And within three seconds, I mean, you, this lineman came out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Backpedaling, just chucks it up. Mm -hmm. And he hit Andrews for like a 30-yard gain. Mm-hmm. On the like, that's another one. Like, how do you how do you defend that? No, I know that's so. Yeah, that is such a John Harbaugh play. <laughs> yeah, I uh, know. I get you. I get you. So I I just don't think they have to pay him. I I think this coach, this culture, this team, when it's healthy, they can find a quarterback. They can even get through a season with Huntley and not be. Terrible, completely awful. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs with Taylor Huntley for a whole season. I mean, but I think they can be competent while they look for somebody else. I wouldn't give in. I wouldn't pay Lamar. He made Joe Flacco look like goddamn Joe Montana for a playoff run. Exactly. So, and you, you and I thought when they paid Roquan, I thought it meant that they knew what they were doing. This already. is where they're going. Yeah, Defense we're heavy. not, we're not, we're not paying Lamar, and I wouldn't mm. either because listen, he gets hurt too much at the end of the day, and. And now, you know, Kyler can't stay healthy this year. Tua with the concussions. For years, because Russell Wilson was successful, we all wanted to say, it doesn't matter if your quarterback is small or runs too much. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Well, clearly, a couple of years in, it matters. Hmm. <laughs> you know? And, like, I, I, I mean, I agree with that. Like, I think I think there will be repercussions if you... Oh, I'm like, sure. Like, oh, like, I really liked him. Like, why aren't you paying our quarterback? Why aren't you paying that guy? Mm. Um in a couple of years, it won't matter. And, you know, they went down this road before. And when they paid Joe Flacco, it all went to hell. So they also have a bad experience on this, too. For some reason, when things go bad in Baltimore, like with the exception of Ray Rice, mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't get ugly. Yo, no, they don't get too ugly because the organization's too well run. All right. So with that, we're going to go over. I have the Instagram post. Oh, I'll tell just me. read it real quick. So this is, a, he just, it's. Nothing he wrote is just one of those caption pictures that he posted. Mm-hmm. So it says, when you have something good, you don't play with it. You don't take chances oh, losing it. Oh, I think I saw you that. You don't neglect it. You, when you're having something, when you have something good, you pour into it. You appreciate it because when you take care of something good, that good thing takes care of you too. Yeah, my high school girlfriend posted that when I wouldn't buy her, uh, <laughs> uh, 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 I don't know, the Bubba tea things. <laughs> like that's, that's, a, that's a high school girl post who's mad at her boyfriend because he didn't, he didn't, uh, do what he wants, what yeah. you wanted. Yeah. No, it's terrible. And it's like, yo, Lamar, your team with a backup took the team that went to the Super Bowl in a playoff game to the fourth quarter and probably could have won if they didn't fumble away a ball at, at the if Cincinnati. He literally two didn't yard hot potato the ball as yeah. it's breaking the plane. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. I, Lamar, you don't have as much of a leg to stand on as I actually thought you did. 72 hours ago. A lot of these guys are starting to turn into basketball players. A little bit. Oh, I, Quarterbacks I, especially. Yeah, I've said, and that's the thing. That's why I like Lamar so much. He was never that guy. Until he now. He never just made those posts like that. Yeah. He's like, he's like, yeah, I'm a bet on myself. Like, I'm a, uh, you know, go into this year, in the last year of my contract or whatever. But he never really made a huge deal about it. The media did. Mm-hmm. But like, he never was dramatic about it. He's just like, listen, 
week one comes we don't have a deal yet let's talk about it next year mm-hmm. leave it to the media to make a big deal out of someone making it a point to not make it a big deal and you know what maybe the media made him into a monster too maybe they he heard it again and again and again what how the ravens have to pay lamar mm-hmm. he's probably sitting there be like you know what yeah they do yeah and now he now he's a drama queen yeah exactly all right so lastly brock purdy man that performance he put out against the Seahawks. And, you know, coming into the playoffs, I said, I think the Niners are the best team. The Eagles stumbled in a bit. But also, like, what do we think here? Brock Purdy, third string, rookie quarterback, all this kind of stuff. I don't know. I've reached the point where uh, I think he's a legit starting quarterback in this league. I mean, it's hard to put your finger on, but watching that game against Seattle, he's just a great football player. He, he plays fast. He's more athletic than people give him credit for. He's a pretty, I mean, he's super mobile. Um, But he understands space and timing and quick decision making. Like, it's a lot of the nuanced things that he actually does really well. Now, once there's more film on him and stuff, I'm sure it'll scale back and he'll have to make some adjustments. But we're not in that because he played near the end of the year and now we're just in the playoffs. So he's still in this time period where they might not have all the film on him. Jalen Hurts, Nick Sirianni, they've never won a playoff game. Dallas looked just great against Tampa, who's not even a real, you know, they're not a good football team. I I really like the Niners now, even more than when I started with. I I think they're going to the Super Bowl. Mm. I mean, they average, so the Niners average the most yards per play of any of the playoff teams by a long shot. 49ers average eight yards per play in that Seattle game. Also, the Niners have scored 37 plus points in four straight games. Despite Jesus. all this talent, they were not scoring as much like this. In fact, they even struggled to score a little bit more with Jimmy G. Brock Purdy has seemed to actually take the offense to another level since he got in there. Brock Purdy has had more time with Christian McCaffrey, too. I will say that. Yes. Uh, but I actually, I'll give credit to someone who I don't ever give credit to. Who? Yeah, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah. Because that was, you got better <laughs> as that game went on. Mm-hmm. You got better in the second half. That is the opposite of what Kyle the Shanahan first does. first time that's ever happened in <laughs> yeah. his career. Yeah. yeah, And actually, with that first half, I was almost thinking, oh, maybe Brock Purdy is just a regular Joe. Mm-hmm. And he's just got Kyle Shanahan calling plays. And, and he's, he's got Debo and McCaffrey and yeah. Kittle. And yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that second half was, I mean, that was... That's as good as you can play. He, t- he took the game in his hands. So yeah. I'll give him that. I'm still a little... Because he is playing with McCaffrey, Kittle, Debo, Ayuk oh. is taking a step forward. Oh, listen, I know that. This is still, this is still, it's this good because of the roster. I get that. But what I'm saying is, he makes quick decisions. He understands space. He understands the game. And if you're going to surround him with that many great pieces, I think he's good enough to win a Super Bowl. Mm. Especially I, right now in this timing and this run in the NFC. I, I think they could have a real run to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. but. You know, you're going to face either Josh Allen and Bills, Joe Burrow and Cincy. See, of the three, of the Patrick three. Patrick Mahomes and KC. See, of the three, I like them against the Bills the most. I do too. Well, you of the of the remaining, you probably like the Bills the least in the AFC. Yeah. Other than exactly. that, other than the Jaguars, but like. Yeah. They don't, they're not. No. They're, they're, no, just, no, happy, no, they're no. just happy to be here. Yeah, no, they're going to get stomped out tomorrow. Or this weekend. <laughs> I mean, there was a couple weeks ago that. Again, Casey stomped him out in the first half, but they made it a game in the second half. They did. If they don't just get so stomped out, <laughs> I like the Jaguars' chances to make it a game. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so Brock Purdy, the Niners. Brian, your take. 
it's it's the, sort of the same thing. I same point I made with Huntley. Kids playing with house money. Yeah. Sure. He yeah, is. he's got nothing to lose. More than any quarterback I, I've ever seen. But I feel like Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, but I feel like it's a large enough sample size now for me to just be like, this is closer to what he actually is. Well, yeah, it's it's easy. I mean, for four us, straight for, games, thirty-seven plus points in the NFL. That's ridiculous. McCaffrey did run for one hundred and nineteen yards. Yes, I know. they ran all over them. No, the I know. Most I know. Complete team around them. Yeah. No, I know. I know he's playing with amazing. Like I know, but. I'm just saying, he's good enough to to drive this ship. Yes, I don't think he holds them back either. Trey, who he's he's not clearly he is not pulling the thing. He's not, but he's on it. He's not dragging it behind. So do you keep Trey Lance now? Yeah, you probably keep Trey just because. But I mean, you go in. Brock Purdy's your starter next year. It, it's Brock's job. Oh yeah. Yeah, 100% it's Brock's job. I mean, where you couldn't move Trey anyway. I mean, you could, but you'd get like, you know, probably uh, a fourth pennies. round pick. Yeah, you'd probably get like a fourth round pick. I was going to say a bag of donuts. <laughs> you wouldn't. You probably won't get a ton for him. All right, so. You with, get the tip for the stripper. So with that, let's now preview the next round of the playoffs. Um, you know, we started with the AFC on this show, so let's start in the NFC. Let's just pick up where we left off here. Uh we haven't talked about the Dallas-Tampa game because we'll do that with the Tommy report. Dallas, I love you guys. Cowboy fans are... What? Hal- no, Cowboy fans are hilarious. That's my point. Oh. Are they funny to laugh at? Yeah. And I was, I was like, they're going to blow the Tampa out. Tampa's not a good football team. They did exactly what they should do. And I love how everyone's like, oh, Dallas is so amazing. No, 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 no. Dallas did exactly what they needed to do. If Dallas didn't win that game, that was going to be the indictment on Dak and Mike McCarthy. They should win that game. Vegas, this line opened at four. It's already down to three and a half. That's because Cowboy fans are like, oh, we're so good. We're so good. It's only Brock Purdy. I think the Niners are winning this game. I, I, I don't think it's going to be a, a show. Like, I don't think it's going to win by 14. But I think they'll handle Dallas in this game. Mm. I, 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 I do too. Okay. I've been the guy that this Dallas team is kind of spineless all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 blah, blah, blah. That game that just, we'll get to that game that just happened. Mm-hmm. And I still feel that way. Because I'll talk about when we get to the Bucks game of why I still feel that they're yeah. just spineless. Yeah, they're a bunch of spineless frauds. They're not frauds. They're pretty good. It's just they're oh. facing a juggernaut. And Dallas is, they have a lot of high-end talent, but I don't think the depth is that great. And on offense, I don't think the depth is that great. Their wide receiving core to me is pretty average. C.D. Lamb is good. I was just going to say. After Lamb, say though. You, say he gets hurt. Oh, they, they got nothing. They got like, nothing. How much are you going to be able to do with Michael Gallup and Noah Brown? Noah Brown and, and T.Y. Hilton. Who's T.Y. Hilton? They don't picked even, up off the street. I don't even want to hear about T.Y. Hilton. Hey, Love don't you forget mean, Dalton Schultz. Love you. Mean. That's who I was trying to remember. Oh, the Niners linebackers are going to take Dalton like Schultz him. out of the game. Oh, I like Schultz, but I think oh, that, Fred Warner is going to eat his lunch. Yeah, like I, I think the Niners can take away Lamb for the most part. I really think they can take away Dalton Schultz. And if the Cowboys can't run the ball effectively from the get-go. Forget about it. Like, <laughs> yeah, forget about it. I like it. Because we've seen Dak, Dak, played, Dak, <laughs> played, Dak played maybe the best game he's played as a pro on Monday night. He was amazing. Kellen Moore, thumbs up, called an amazing game. But we have seen this year, once you ask Dak to sit in the pocket and throw the ball 35 times or more, that's not his game. And he's mistake prone. He's led the league in interceptions this year. If they can't run the football and they can take away either Schultz or Lamb, 
not good. That's not good at all for, uh, for, for the Cowboys. And I think it could get even uglier than I expect. Mm. So, uh, I mean, I know you're saving the rest of your Cowboy stuff for when we talk about the game a little bit. So we just talked uh, to 49. So let's move on to the next one. Props to the, to the giants for beating the Vikings. Um, I think the Vikings are one of the worst defenses I've ever seen make the playoffs though. They are terrible. Um, they did everything I needed them to do, but like I was not riding this team in the playoffs at all. What were the Giants? Seven of thirteen on third down. Yeah, that's absurd. Now that being said, usable Giants fans now being like Danny Dimes is just amazing. Calm down, calm, calm down. His best games were the two games he played against the Vikings and their awful defense, and against the Lions and their defense. He also, what did he run the ball, 17 times on his playoff game? I believe so. Like, that's not sustainable. No. Like, at all. Great job. Not when you face a real defense, it's not. No. And you have to do everything to win a playoff game. Smart on Dable, smart on Jones, but it's not sustainable. And he's also, that's the Vikings defense. He's he's not going to be running past a lot of these Philly defenders, like the way he did on the Vikings game. I think Philly controls this game. I think... The Giants can stay in it a bit if Philly comes out here really rusty because of all the time off. But second half, down the stretch, it's a, to me, it's, it's a terrible matchup for the Giants. All right. Is there, is there a game this weekend that is more... Where I should... Let me rephrase that. Is there a game this weekend where the line play is more crucial, do you think, than Giants-Philly? Um... Maybe Bills and Cincy, Cincy because because we don't know what the Cincy old line is going to okay, look like. Okay, so but that's the only one. Hypothetically speaking, if Cincy goes into this game with a clean O line, as clean as they can, as clean as they can, maybe the Giants Eagles is the most important. Yes, because you know the Eagles have to run the football, and you know you can't ask Jones to throw the ball forty plus times against an elite defense. So both teams are going to have to run the football, and you don't also, want the pocket breaking down because you don't the, want him running twenty exactly. times a game. Also, the Eagles are going to have to be able to deal with the Winkendale defense, and we know how exotic his blitzes schemes can be. But at the end of the day, when I look at the perimeter and I look at the pass rushers. The Eagles are here and the Giants are here. Oh, no As doubt. far as talent on offense and probably also talent in the secondary, Eagles secondary to me is more lights out. I mean, yeah, all that, yeah. Okay. But how, just, man, the Dable dilemma has become a bad thing for the Giants. Mm-hmm. Now the Dable dilemma seems to be becoming a bad thing for everyone else. It's everyone else's dilemma. Mm-hmm. So... I you're on paper, yes. Like this isn't this isn't a close game, mm-hmm. not at all. But Jalen Hurts has never played in the playoffs. Well, no, he did. He played in one playoff game last year. Oh, he did. Yeah. They got, oh, yeah. They right, got they, destroyed by. Yeah, Tampa. Yes. Yes. I've. Yeah. That. Those. Yeah. That. He was, they were the seventh seed. Yes. Yes. Um. So all right, he's played one playoff game. Didn't go well. Uh, this is still a young team. I think an unsure team and stumbled into the playoffs that. You know that week off helps for healthy, but yeah, there's there's a thing called rust, uh, and I I don't know, man. I I look at the Eagles. I've said this. I've we compared them to that uh, Steelers team that went like eleven and zero. They just don't really strike that much fear into me if I'm an opposing team. I feel especially though how the last couple of weeks have gone, um, where the Eagles have stumbled. I know Jalen Hurts being injured really hurt that, but I don't know, man. I Brian Dable 
is just the effing man. Mm-hmm. And I, I trust him. Mm-hmm. He, he's got enough here. He, he loves Danny Dimes for whatever reason. He n- loves to unleash Saquon Barkley. I, well, if we're I think it'll be a close game, and I'm going to give the edge to Brian Dable. You think the Giants are going to win? I kind of do. Wow. I, I, dude, it's the Dable dilemma, man. I think the Eagles coast to about a touchdown or a little bit more victory. <sighs> See, if the Eagles don't come out balling, mm. I think that's terrible for them. Okay. I get you. Because we've so we've, much we've, pressure. So well, much pressure, too. Well, we've said the whole year, like, they're not a second-half team. No, they're not. They are not. Um, they, are, if, they are on script team. And if you're the Giants in a mm. game that you're supposed to lose, you're not even supposed to be in, mm-hmm. and it's close late, That's you're true. feeling great about yourself. That's true. That's true. And maybe not so great if you're in Philly. No, I get you. That makes sense. Um, I'm not picking the Giants. I'm picking Brian Dable. I get you. All right. AFC. I don't think we have to spend a long time on the first one. I mean, Kansas City and Jacksonville. This is a great story. Great job, Doug Peterson. Next. Good for you. Uh, you give Andy Reid extra time to prepare for a team that's, you know, stumbled away here. I think it's going to be ugly. I'm not a fan of taking big favorites in games, especially not in the playoffs. Vegas has this at eight and a half. Uh, if you told me I had to bet on it, I'd probably still bet Casey. There's some wild um, spreads here. Yeah. Eight and a half, seven and a half. Heck, even five. I, I, I know why. I am shocked about the five still. It's the line thing. I, I'm, yeah, but Buffalo I'm shocked it's that lie. It's that high. Yeah, since he's a five-point dog to Buffalo, which I find shocking. But I yes. guess I know if, you're, well, if they're really down all three O-linemen, though, I get it. When we saw KC okay, just so unravel when that happened. It, since his O-line did eventually get better as the year went on, it sort of... Oh, everyone's did turned into more of what we thought it could be. Yeah, but they're down be. three starters. Right. So this is where I'm going with this, right? Mm-hmm. The line play, I thought, for the most... And I mean, like you just said, this has been a recurring trend all year, inconsistent line play. Mm-hmm. I thought Cincy's line play at times Sunday was inconsistent. Mm-hmm. Granted, it's John Harbaugh thing. He just knows how to dial up good defenses and blitzes and... You know, they always seem to have a great D-line and at least two stud linebackers. Yeah. Um, how did I just completely lose my train of thought? I don't know. I don't know. What were we well, talking Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lines. So, it's, I mean, the line play was inconsistent enough before three guys went down. Now you're potentially down three starters. I know. It's not good. Buffalo's got a damn good front. If, it's not. It's not really as special since Von Miller went down. Yeah, it's no, not but they as can great. Still get after. No, they can. They can. If if Kappa plays, it'll probably mm-hmm. it'll get bumped down to four. Yes, probably. And it's not like they don't have a good enough back end to to yeah, buy. That's true. You know, an extra half a second mm-hmm. here and there. So I think we all think the same thing on KC and Jacksonville. So let's just let's just get into the Cincy Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even talk about. It. We're like, yeah, Buffalo and Cincy. Yeah. So. I put my own money on Cincy for the Super Bowl. I thought they were the most complete team in the AFC. But right now, as much as I don't like the Bills and they're way too mistake-prone in playoff games that are close, if if Cincinnati ends up being down all three offensive linemen, this could be the end of the road for the Bengals, in my opinion. That's just really tough to overcome. Now, they have a chance. They'd have to come out. They have to be able to run the ball to slow down the pass rush. They have to limit the explosives early in the game to Buffalo. 
And then if Josh Allen and this team makes a couple of big key turnovers, obviously since he can win this game, I think if if uh, Kapka plays, I keep saying his name wrong, I think. I think it's just Kappa. Kappa. If Kappa plays for the Bengals' old line, I give them a much better shot. But if all three offensive linemen are down, I think this is probably the end of the road for Cincy, even though I think they are the better team than Buffalo, who I have major issues with. I'm probably going to have to pick Buffalo okay. based on the line situation. Mm. Um, you know, the weapons are all still there for Cincy. So Even I, you bailing on Cincy, and that's Joe Money's your guy. Yes, but that, that line thing is, I mean, oh. three guys, No, I dude. know. It's just awful. That that that's huge, and we 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 talked about this. Like, would you rather have the five best guys on your line or five men who have played together consistently? I'd mm. rather the five men who've played together consistently. Mm-hmm. It is it is they're almost one position because they all need to be on the same page at the same time. Mm-hmm. And like obviously, like oh, this guy needs to pull this guy he needs to go over there. What, what what have you? They're all doing different things, but they all need to know what everyone else is doing. Type mm-hmm. of shit. Um, so I think this will be a good game because of you know. Buffalo seems to not be able to run people out of the building anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, if if they can fluster Josh Allen and they can maybe turn the ball over a couple times, it, it, it'll be close. But I, I just can't see Cincinnati overcoming three. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. If Kappa plays, is he going to be 100%? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Can Buffalo get home with four? Or Cincy, rather, mm-hmm. with a four-man rush? I think they can. Uh, yeah. I think their defense is underrated. But then Josh Allen's running all over the field. Sometimes when he's running all over the field, that's when he does dumb stuff, though, too. <laughs> yeah, like lowering his shoulder and <laughs> trying to hurdle people that shouldn't be hurdled. Yes, or just making dumb throws. That's how mooses get injured when they run into moving cars. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good analogy for he, it. He's, he, he, he's a moose. moose. <laughs> he's a moose. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this game? Buffalo. Buffalo. What if, what if Kappa plays, though? I mean... I think it if it's a still closer. a tough contingency. It's it is. closer, but I think I still go Buffalo. Like Burrow, if, I, if, if I'm Cincy, the keys to this game, keep everything in front of me on the back end. Do yeah. not let Diggs run wild on you. Mm-hmm. You know Davis and McKenzie are going to get their mm-hmm. sprinkles in here and there, and uh, so is the tight end there, Knox. Mm-hmm. Um, keep everything in front of you as far as the back end is concerned. Mm-hmm. You have to get home mm-hmm. and maybe to keep contained, rush a fifth guy. Mm-hmm. You can't rush more than six. Yeah. No, I know. Or really more than five for the most part, in my opinion, even too. If I'm Cincy, it's as the uh, offense. If I'm Cincy's offense, you got to figure out a way to establish the run. Even mm-hmm. down three guys, maybe two, to your point. If Cap is back, mm-hmm. what does he look like? Yeah, I mean, if he plays, if he plays, you're going to attack him all day, right? Mm -hmm. Until he proves himself to be healthy, probably. Exactly. So you need to establish the run, tire their defense out, and you got to set up the, you got to establish the run to sort of set up like a quick play action. Yeah, yeah. Um, The here's the thing though, why I say if Kappa plays, I still think since he can win. Burrow, this team though, are just so uniquely experienced with playing with a leaky O line. That sure. I think it's if Kappa plays, it's enough that they can figure it out. Buffalo will make a stake that Cincy won't, and Cincy will move the ball and be able to protect and at least adapt enough that they can win this game. But if they're down Kappa 2, to me it's just too much. Is Kappa the center or is it Karras? Kappa. 
Yeah. No, no, no. It is Karis. Yeah, Karis is the center. He's he's not. He's he's done. Yeah, but uh, well, he's the, the thing is, if like I I love the weapons on Cincy, mm-hmm. and if you can play that ball control game, because they're another one. They love they love that deep pass. Jamar loves to go deep, mm-hmm. and Bur- Burrow loves to hit him. It's a, such a sexy play. Ball control. If you can control all day. You don't even need to get points all the time. If you can just knock off a couple minutes every time you get the ball, avoid three and outs. Again, you don't have to move all over the field, but if you can avoid the three and outs, run the ball, you're you're feeling pretty damn good if this is a close game late because you're a turnover away from mm-hmm. from getting that lead. Yeah, no. You, since he basically needs to do to Buffalo what Brady and the Pats did to the league for 20 years, death by a thousand paper cuts. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Just keep 100%. it as simple as possible. 100%. 100%. And, and I will say this. The Cincy defense to me is, is very underrated. It was actually one of the best second half defenses statistically in the NFL. Now, there's not a lot of great names on it, so we overlook it. But as a unit, they're actually pretty damn good. Yeah. So they, if, there's a chance they can limit the explosives. This is the game of the weekend to me. And the one that I could really see going either way. It's just a real shame if all three guys are going to be out for Cincy. That really dampens my mood on this one. I don't know if I trust Eli Apple, though. I on mean, digs? You'll, they'll get, they, will, they will make sure Apple has help over the top. After the Rams Super Bowl. But that opens up Gabe Davis. It does. It does. You're going to have to hope that you hold up. But who do you, who do you, who do you want to make it a point to limit? Diggs or Davis? Probably Diggs. Diggs. It's got to be Diggs. But you know Davis, though, four touchdowns in the playoffs. Yeah, no, he did. So he's, yeah. All right. With that though, we got to get ready to wrap things up. I know you are waiting to talk about this for some reason because you'll find a way to continue to crap on Dallas. I'm going to give you some crap though because we went versus each other. I told you Dallas is going to wipe the floor with Tampa for the most part. They controlled it and did. So Tommy report though, Jesse. Thanks. Get us started. Sure. And like I'll give credit to. I think the two best people in this entire game mm-hmm. were Dak Prescott and Kellen Moore. Because, um, uh, yeah, they, they were hitting the strides. I, that uh, Was it the third touchdown, second touchdown? Mm-hmm. With the, the fake? Yes. Had me fooled. Oh, I know. I was like, you idiots. And then I just see Dak running by himself. I'm like, you got me good, I, I, I think I was actually clapping. Oh, happened. really? Yeah. I, I said to myself, I'm like, wow, you got me good. I had a big smile on my face for that one. Shades of Manning's touchdown against yes. the Cowboys. Oh, I, I do remember that one. Yeah, against the Cowboys, too. They probably remembered that. So, but the thing is, I was wrong. Tampa lost. Yet, and I know the score was 31-14, I feel like the bigger story was just how terrible Tampa was throughout. Mm-hmm. And yes, Cowboys deserve credit for taking advantage of that. They limited their mistakes. They made all the big plays when they needed to. But other than Dak, no one really. Oh, that was so such a good game by them. They just they, they did the job. They did the, they did what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. I just think that Tampa played that terrible of a game. Horrendous. I told you Tampa is a bad football team, and that's why Dallas will blow them out. It was that simple. But again, I don't want to give Dallas credit. It's just like, wow. I'm not you, giving them credit either. Dallas did laid, what they should do. You laid one of the biggest eggs I've ever seen. I, I don't even think they laid an egg. I think that's what they are. They're a I know, bad football team. They are, but the past couple weeks maybe thought like, oh, maybe the Mike Evans and Brady connection are there. I know when they played those AFC South teams. I mean, NFC South teams. Sure, I guess. But, <laughs> but like, 
don't know. This is Tom Brady. And I expected more out of Tom, too. Hmm. First red zone interception as a buck. Listen, but this, I said it. I that said it in text. I said it before. Fed up Tom Brady. Brian, say it. I'll let you say it because you thought of it, too. That was Tom Brady circa the 2019 wild card round. Against the Titans. At home against the Titans. When he was just done. Yep. He was so fed up. It, no, I, it I felt the same. Yeah, for I'm sure for the first half, Brady was like, I still want to win, you know, all that stuff, all, whatever. But then like when it really started to go downhill, Brady's like, I guess I'm a Raider. Yeah. Okay, okay, so we'll split it. First half was like what I said to you before we came to that conclusion about 2019 wildcard mm-hmm. versus the Titans, Brady. I said to Dom, I was like, this, this, this almost looks like a... Uh, Pat's Ravens wild card game circa like 2012. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, something about it. Just with Joe Flacco ruining my life. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no football players ruin my life more than uh, Eli and Tyree. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. All right. But with that, we are getting ready to wrap it up. Then Darwin Award. Jesse, get ready to announce it. Uh, I just randomly became the Darwin man. Where's yeah. the drum roll? Oh, wait, wait we got to get the video up. Yeah, we're gonna do it. All right. There's too many chords here. You ready? Drum roll, please. This week's Darwin Award winner is... I mean, it's the LA Chargers. Come on. You you knew who it was going to be. It's also them for not firing him still, too. Sure, we can (laughs) add that, too. You didn't fire the man who has just been probably the biggest villain for the Chargers, actually, is Staley. I almost called him Lane. Yeah, I know. Lane Staley. Um, if you don't, ever, don't want to disrespect If uh, you Lane ever like almost that. insult that man, so much as almost insult him like that again, <laughs> mark my word, I will figure out where you sleep. In Lynn. <laughs> I live in Lynn. Uh, but, uh, I mean, like, again, I felt like throughout the game, even though it wasn't going well for the Jaguars, I kind of just felt like, well, this is... You're, it's like, it's going perfect for them. It's the perfect story. It's it the perfect last. setup. It, like, it's... And it was so Chargers, too. Is this not what they do? Do they not find more ways to up themselves, to make themselves look terrible, to make themselves look pathetic? And then they chip, they missed the chip shot field goal. That was so Chargers. Oh, yeah, of course. Of yeah. course, that too. Uh, actually, you know who would have been possibly a good one? Who? If the Chargers didn't do what they did? What? Uh, Mayhar. Oh, yeah. Fred I, Mayhar. I was just going to say, he would have been a great Darwin. Yeah. One for five on not field goals. Extra point. Extra point. But the problem is... The LA Chargers said, no, this is our time to shine. Watch this. So did you guys notice Dallas? And they still haven't fired him. Dallas had a third and four on like the Tampa 30 mm-hmm. last night. Yeah. And they didn't convert. It was fourth and four, right? And Meyer goes to trot out on the field. And McCarthy was like, <laughs> yeah, I come here. Come yeah. here. Let me talk to you. I think that was like right after you texted me. Should they just start going for two? Yeah, all the time. I uh, it- that's a rough thing working yes, against Dallas yes, next yes, week, Tony. too. Uh, what? No. That's a rough thing working against Dallas next week, too. I mean, when the kicker's getting funks like this, it does usually last at least a couple of weeks, and you can't be giving up any points to the Niners. A bad weekend for kickers. <laughs> yeah, it was. Not great. Yeah. but so Actually, I want to say one thing that has not to do with this. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, people were defending Nick Folk to me um, for weeks. Years even. I said, like, what a terrible kicker he is. And then I was like, what? No, he's fine. Bro doesn't even make kickoffs. Mm. And we saw why in that Buffalo game. I meant to say that last week. Mm. Uh, Nick Folk, terrible kicker. Yeah. Get him off this team. 
if anyone defends him to me again, I'm going to punch you in the face. He's very consistent inside of 50. Oh, you mean the easy ones? The slam dunks? <laughs> inside of 50? I mean, 49's oh. inside of 50. What, but over for 50. An, for an old man? Over 50, what is he? Old man folk? I don't know. He's pretty below average. Anyway, again, though. Doesn't even make kickoffs. I he know. Can't hit, he can't reach the end zone. I know. But Would you have crapped on Vinatieri for that? No, because he All had right, he had great years where he made giant kicks. And anyway, though, this week's Darwin Award winner, the Los Angeles Chargers, for blowing a twenty point lead in the playoffs <laughs> against the Jaguars, four turnovers, and you still lose. And the coup de gras. You still haven't fired I've, Brandon I've, Staley. I forgot yet. about all the turnovers that yeah. they got and still lost. Yes, and Actually, I think they were still haven't fired Brandon Staley. Was it four interceptions and a pick. Yes, I think I saw a stat. They were the only team ever to get a. Have a plus five turnover ratio in a game and lose. Yeah, I think so. All right, so that has been it for Slow Your Roll this week, guys. We'll watch the playoff games, see how they happen. Usually, I, you know, it is funny. Usually, I feel like there are better playoff games for the second round. But to me, there's only one really good one. And that's Cincy and Buffalo. The rest of them, listen, Dallas, maybe Dallas makes it a better game than I realize. But like, it's a sexy matchup. Two of, two of these, though, I just, I feel like. We know how it's gonna go. <laughs> Listen, Chiefs are gonna win, but the Jaguars—they're gonna—they're gonna make you watch that game more than you should. Uh, maybe. All right. Anyway, especially that second half. Have a great rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen.